This episode of the Screenwriter's Rant Room is brought to you by the Finish Line Script Competition. The Finish Line Script Competition is the only script competition run by ex-literary managers. All entrants can opt to receive six plus pages of actionable development notes or submit their script as is. The competition has entered the latecomer stage and the deadline is June 29th in which you can receive notes and then rewrite your script and resubmit it for free. No other script competition provides this extra bit of sauce to bring your script to the next level. Over 40 industry mentors will read the winning script and the competition staff itself works with many semifinalists to make headways into the industry. Don't delay in submitting your script. The late deadline is June 29th. Head over to finishlinescriptcomp.com. One last thing. We're on our way to our 400th episode, and while we will continue to drop knowledge on the screenwriting game week after week, we would love your support, which you can provide via our Patreon page. Find the link at screenwritersrr.com. And we want to thank everyone who is a current monthly supporter. Your generosity has been a boon during the pandemic. And now, on with the show. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it water deep. Wakanda Wakanda forever. forever. Yeah. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Little disclaimer, Lisa Bolakaja and Chris are out this week, but I got my man in the building. In the <laughs> building. I like that. <laughs> building B. <laughs> like you really cool or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got a deep desai in the building today. What's Writer up? himself, comedy dude, out there doing a lot of cool stuff, man. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, man. Nice to see you. I know. Here we I are. Like I've seen you on Zoom a million times. I know. Oh, my God. Because you've been everywhere. <laughs> I've been everywhere. And apparently, <laughs> I'm everywhere where you are. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But um, yeah, man, welcome to the show. I've been yeah. wanting to have you on for a long time. We've been talking about it for years. I don't even know how many years now, like five? At least. Yeah. At least. Yeah. 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 We've been talking about it. So anyway, you're here. <laughs> Actually, I think this would be kind of cool that we could just do an intimate one, but there's just the two of us. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then we could just take time and, you know, do right. us. You know, yeah, we want to yeah, talk yeah. about music and sky, whatever yeah. the fuck. <laughs> we could jump around, you know, my show. Yeah. So um, welcome to the show. Thanks. So just, just for the people who, um, who don't know you. Tell them a little bit about like who you are, like what you've been up to, you know, sure. how you got, you know, staffed, you know, what all that shit. All that shit. Um, okay, yeah. that's enough. Um, right, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I did this yesterday somewhere else. Um, yeah, I'm a deep desire. I'm a television writer and uh, I was most, I'm currently writing on two Netflix 
animated series. Two networks? Yeah. Wow. And uh, See, he a pimp like that. Y'all I mean, y'all don't know nothing about that I one. I can't like say that. anything about them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like I NDAs. Know. I understand. Uh, but <clears throat> you'll laugh when they come out right. that these have NDAs. Uh, and I was writing on Mira Royal Detective before that, did right. a freelance on that. Got to write my mom into the episode. Did you like really? her name and her character are mm-hmm. like the, the thing. Nice. A story. And uh, before that, I was on the Goldbergs for season seven. We did 24, 25 wow. episodes. And that was madness. That's, that's network. That is yes. 42 weeks or something. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It was, you know, May mm-hmm. and then until Tom Hanks got COVID and then it was out. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally like, Tom Hanks has COVID. Everyone ran around screaming. And I was like, I knew this was going to happen. I packed up yesterday. Like, I really, my office, office was, was empty early. As soon as the shit here, I was like, mm-hmm. we're never coming back here. Wow. <laughs> you were getting ready for the apocalypse, weren't you? I was, I'm always ready for the apocalypse. <laughs> I, I did lose a couple bottles of whiskey that were in there. I figured if we do come back, I can grab them, but, you know. They're fine. Um, now, yeah, we met, um, if I recall, way back when you were on Pilar. You still come on every blue moon, right? Yeah, I come on once or twice a year. Okay, and right. Like usually do the log line competition. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And um, yeah, we met on Pilar show. Everybody check out on the page. It's my girl. She be doing big things out there. Um, She's and, busy. <clears throat> and, and I think you were pretty much on almost every week for a long time. Oh, if yeah. I recall, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I was like co-host, uh, producer, producer. Yeah, <laughs> right. for like a long time. Yeah, it was yeah. going on for a while. Yeah, and um, and I always loved, <coughs> excuse me, I always loved what you brought to the stage because, for me, perspective is everything. Yeah, <clears throat> I talk about two things a lot: perspective and climate. You know, yeah, like right yeah, now, yeah. it's all about climate, of course. Yeah, you know where yeah, we are now. Yeah, and but perspective to me, I find fascinating, and. Having that comedy side that you do have and being, you know, a person of color, yeah. I think is, is is a whole different side. So whether it was, um, I'm going back to her show, yeah. <clears throat> whether it was, you know, her uh, interviewing somebody or just the two of you talking about a topic, mm-hmm. you still would always come with a new flavor, you know, because our perspective as people of color is yeah. different. Different. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's something... I at times I'm like I just want to get away from it, but I mm-hmm. can't because that's who I am. Right. So I'll bring I'll bring race into everything if I can. <laughs> I don't try to like if someone is you know weird to me on the street. I'm not mm-hmm. like it's because I am brown. Right, it's right. never that, but it's like once I check off all the other boxes of what it could be, that I'm like you're left with racism. You know, <laughs> uh, and that's what happens. And you know, in this business, like everything's very you know. Everything's kind of loaded. Everything's kind of. What is your ethnic you know, background? Do you mind me? I'm asking? Indian, so okay. my parents are from India. They came here to the U.S. and they um, had me, and then joined the Air Force. Oh, really? So I'm like an Air Force. So you're a military kid, yeah, just like I me. Mean, find an Indian right. Air Force brat. I dare you. <laughs> Besides me and my brother, I dare you. There's another one somewhere. There's a couple. I know of a couple. Um, yeah, it's a completely different lifestyle, different right. experience. It's so. I was a military brat too. So oh, you were? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that's how here? we that's how we that's got, how to, got here. That's how we got to California. Yeah, is I was born in Detroit, uh-huh. and we moved to Brooklyn. We were like on some military base, like in Brooklyn. Oh shit! <clears throat> um, until I was seven, and then we moved to the Bay Area. We, my oh. dad was at Moffett Field. Yep. Until mm-hmm. I don't know, nineteen eighty or something, and oh, then you know he damn. he retired. Oh, you know? we kind of did the same. We did New Jersey, then mm-hmm. we were in Texas, okay, then back to New York, like White Plains. So we were there, and then 
when I was eight, we moved to Sacktown, which is not as cool. You went Brooklyn to San Francisco, and I went White Plains to Sacktown. So. Well, I went Dude. Brooklyn to Palo Alto. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right, yeah. No, I that. did live in the city, you know, on my own, but mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. so it's, when I got to Sacktown, I was like, I got to get out of here. As soon as we were there, I was I was planning to leave. Right. And I left as soon as I could, you know. <laughs> like, do I get emancipated? You know, what do, like right. when I was 16, I was like, how do I get out? Um, no, I think I moved yeah. out when I was like 16 or 17. Yeah. I was doing a lot of commercials, you know. I was making oh, good money. Oh, you were acting a lot, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I stopped acting when I was 31. Actually, when I was working the most as like a, you know, on scripted shows and stuff. Yeah. Everybody thought I was crazy. I was like, I wrote this script. You know, that, <laughs> that, that is crazy. That, that did well at Sundance. And I was like, I feel like I need to be doing this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Man, I mean, you. 20 something years later, I'm still. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know easy, I mean? it's easy to give up a career that's not working. Right. Try something else. But right. yeah, I mean, I kind of I did a similar thing, but I wasn't as successful. But I was in the music business and, you know, I had a good reputation. I'd worked mm-hmm. a lot of places. And um, what did you what did you do in the music business? I did like everything. I. I was like, let's see, I was an intern at like an NPR station. Mm-hmm. Then I was like an intern for Randy Jackson right. at Columbia Records. He let me go scout bands for them. Oh, cool. Um, I would have his tickets to concerts. So he had the dopest <laughs> tickets. He's like, I'm not going. I got these kids. And like, you're, you're young. You go. And I was nice. like, all right, I'll go see Erica Badu and everybody else. <laughs> and, uh, and then after that, I was just, I worked at I would sold uh, instruments, mm. man. I did that that gig when I was like on the road and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, they'd let me go on the road, come back, I'd sell some drums, and then go, mm-hmm. you know, back out. And then uh, I worked at Muzak, Muzak for a year, really? programming music, which was the dopest mm-hmm. job ever because I just got to sit in a dark room and listen to music all day and get paid. Nice. And be like, what does a Cinnabon taste like? Because that was like my big account. That was like my flagship account was Cinnabon. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, right, a little James Taylor here. Right. A little, you know, and it, but then they tr- they relocated the company to South Carolina. Uh, and they said, you can go. And I said, uh, okay, let me go check it out. So we did like a, a visit. And I was mm-hmm. like, this place is. Mm-mm. You're going from small town Sacramento yes. to. <laughs> I'm just like, I left that. Right. You know? And I actually, I found a little shop in either South Carolina or like Charlotte that was like all ska. Oh, really? Yeah. And they were weird. Huh. And so uh, like I got such weird vibes from these people. I was like, you know that like ska is about unity, but you're, yeah. you're throwing some right. shade at me. And I was like, that's a little weird. And my friends were like, you know, he knows everything about ska. Like, Because <laughs> <laughs> I did. And like I was a ska trumpet player. I mean, right. I, that's how I like did shit. And uh because I was going to ask you, yeah. like, how did you get introduced to, to Scott music? Scott, or what like, that? I kind of got into it on my own. Like I had one friend who was like into stuff and he would just sort of like throw me records and he's mm-hmm. like, you might like this. And then with Scott, I just kind of like fell, I don't know, I just found the specials. And so you're more into like the two-tone, or at least that's what I, got you into it. Was that's the what got, I got right. me into it, but immediately... I was a, a you know first wave ska mm-hmm. guy like you know Studio One, Scatolites, mm-hmm. like uh, Trojan all the all Tro- yeah Trojan <laughs> but yeah I've really um, I like huge Scatolites guy I've seen them I don't know five times yeah like I think that. I've seen them at least that many times yeah for sure <laughs> I mean it's never the same yeah we're probably at the same damn concert sometimes so. that's funny yeah so I'm really like a first wave guy and a mm-hmm. second wave but like I I like all three waves it just yeah. depends on the bands. 
Um, I think the culture of the second wave is more my bag. Mm-hmm. You know, the unity and because um, the third wave kind of lost that. Oh yeah. Because it's just like all. Oh yeah. It was white just dudes. very random. Yeah, I'd be the only yeah. brown musician on any ska game. I believe it. Until I was, like, we did a tour with. What band? Uh, what band were you? Well, I was, a, it's funny, I was never in, I was in one band called Potash with my brother, <laughs> and it was all of us, <laughs> we were all high school jazz musicians, Okay. and we're all like friends and like brothers and stuff, so we had this pretty killer band, and uh, we're, you know, we had like a real composer who went on to like Harvard <laughs> and shit, ridiculous, and uh, we did that, and then I was, I just subbed in a lot of bands, so mm-hmm. I would go... I would play with this band like Easy Big Fella. I would play with this band, the Diablo Tones, all like Seattle based. Okay. And then I almost became a glow skull. Glow oh, skull. that would yeah. been interesting. Because we were touring with them, right. and like we lost our trumpet player. Do you want to <laughs> move down to Riverside and like be a glow skull? And I was like, I don't want to do the first part, but I do want to do the second part. Right. I'm like, Can I do it from up here? And they're like, No, nah, you got to be down mm. there. And I was like, All right. So I learned their records, okay. like all of them. And then I called them on Thanksgiving. I was like, hey, guys, happy Thanksgiving. They're like, oh, yeah, we don't need you to come down. <laughs> we found a cat down here. And I was like, ah, why did I learn all these records? And uh, so I was like, well, there goes my ska career, you know. But the, t- the writing was on the wall anyway. Right. Right. Um, but, you know, I was a jazz musician. And I was like, you know, in my heart, I was like a rude boy everywhere, mm-hmm. you know. And I think I keep that going. I you mean, know, it, like you it's, talk about. it's so in me, you know, since <laughs> I was, you know, 14 years old. Yeah. I mean, it's it's weird, though. I always tell the story about how I went from, you know, being part of this, you know, breakdance crew gang. Yeah, yeah. You know, into hanging out, you know, with the whole punk rock mod, skinhead, you yeah. know, rude boys. Yeah. And I got into so many more fights in that scene than I ever did. And oh. we were banging against, you know, other gangs. Dude, I mean, so many more. So I was many just going to say, I was thinking about that on the way mm-hmm. here. And I was like. God, it, like the the um, Dropkick Murphys came on this mix, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh yeah, I got like kicked in the, st- I got punched in the stomach at the Dropkicks, <laughs> and I got fully dropped and kicked, you know." And uh, yeah, I've been in so many fights in ska shows, mm-hmm. like when I'm playing shows. Oh like, really? I, when you come playing. on stage, and I'd be going to other bands, and guys right. like want to rough you up. And you're like, I was just up here, man. <laughs> you were skanking to the exactly, thing. Exactly, exactly. I was like, you were fine. And I used to carry a blade and, you know, mm. that would get crazy and, right. you know, that kind of stuff. Because I was, you know, I'm not letting you take my horn off me ever. And uh, See, we came in, in around 84, 85 in the Bay Area. It was, um, and forgive me all you people out there listening to screenwriting. Like, we're talking what about what the fuck? <laughs> Scott is lame. Deal, just, just deal with it. We yeah. have to get in. Um but I came into the scene, like I said, 84, and um, it was like the height of the Nazi skinhead movement. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so it was a totally different time. The tension was really heavy. Yeah, I remember. You know, the, so this is 1984. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the tension was really, really hype. And so I remember we would go to shows in search of those who were Nazis. You know, it'd be 10 of us deep, you know what I mean? Going like, out and look, like, looking uh, for them. black and white kids? Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know, to- uh, oh, yeah. Mexican kids, Mexican, po- Filipino. Yeah. You know, we were like very, very, very integrated, <laughs> but full on skinhead, rude boy oh, style. That's You know sick. what I mean? 
And yeah. so, and so, people used to always ask me, like, like, what's my style? And I'd yeah. say I'm more of a mod with rude boy influence. Yes, yeah, see, I was going you know to I mean? ask you about that. <clears throat> yeah, you, you dress more mod. Yeah, my style is definitely more yeah. mod, but yeah. I switch it up with you know, me too. I might mix in my docks and my creepers, my whatever. Right. Fuck, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, so I've always been, and I was kind of the ace face in the grip, always tight. My shit's neat. My scooters are always clean. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just yeah. have that thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, so for example, here's a quick example. I know we're jumping all out. <laughs> but like, I don't ever get to talk about this shit, so fuck like, it. Let's fast forward. Fuck it. Y'all can fast forward all no, y'all want to. This is more fun than talking <clears throat> about midpoints. Yeah, I, I say we talk about, we talk about music. We talk about whatever. <laughs> so right. today is a music fucking episode. Roll with the shit. Yeah. Um, so trip. So, um, um, fuck, you made me forget my goddamn thoughts. See, you I was would roll, in it too. you would roll, you guys would roll to the shows and you would, yeah, you kept your shit. Yeah, but tight, I would always like keep your, my shit tight. But yeah. here's the funny thing even when I was, you know, part of the gang, so to speak, mm-hmm. even my flag was tight. You know, what I mean? everything was iron. <laughs> I was always that dude. Tell me, I was, of course, I was a gay dude. Y'all couldn't tell. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> my shit was tight as fuck. <laughs> and so when I got into that scene, oh, yeah. I know what it was. Yeah. But you know, so there was there was a place um, on University Avenue, which which is um you know in Palo Alto, mm-hmm. which is you know goes to Stanford, mm-hmm. right? And so downtown Palo Alto University is used to be a place called um, the Varsity. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the Varsity was like this kind of as old like theater, and every Saturday night they would play Quadrophenia and back to back dance craze and um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, I've seen, yeah. I don't know how many. Over a hundred times, you know what I mean. I'm not exaggerating. Like, we would just go in the that door. That's what you did. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It was like Saturday night. Yeah. It's fucking midnight. Yeah. We're going to see Rocky Horror yeah. again for the 99th time. You know, and our scooters would all be lined up outside. Oh. You know what I mean? Like the whole. It was like in sight. the height of it all. <laughs> and so, still, I have six scooters in my garage. You know what I'm I mean? So jealous of your scooter yeah. collection. I am. And um. And I finally found somebody recently who's the guy to really, you know, fix my scooters. And he oh, literally nice. comes to pick them up yes. and takes them like, yes, I don't have to drive them. Oh, nice. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, it was a different, it was just a different time. Like the tension was yeah. so much more, you know, the type of way you got to remember that like when I started this group, my friend Lindsay and his brother Andre, there were just three of us. There was three black dudes and, you know, 60 suits and, you know, fucking crazy haircuts and eyeliner and shit and black fingernails. Like we were kind of very punk and skin and mod and like we hadn't quite found out what it was. And and this is what I was getting to. So Quadrophenia, I gave a fuck about Jimmy's character. I was always into um, Sting's character going, Sting is me. You know what I mean? I want to see a movie about Sting. <laughs> I want to go home with Sting's character and see how he started his group. Mm. So fast forward, talking about screenwriting. Yeah. <clears throat> so when I first wrote my first screenplay, I went to Utah to shoot this movie. Ooh, my damn phone's on. See how I'm professional? <clears throat> and I went to Utah to shoot this movie. You were and- acting in it? No, no, I was, oh. I was, um, um, a friend of mine was a big line producer. Mm. And I went with him on like a dare that, you know, he just knew, he was like, you're a fucking producer. I was like, me? He was like, yeah. And he's like, you're fearless, right? Yeah, he's like, that yeah. makes for a great producer. That's true. So long story short, I went with, went with him for like a month and mm. fucking that's how I learned how to produce. You know, mm. from an Oscar winning producer, mm-hmm. I know how to do a lot of shit. And so <clears throat> while I was there, the star of the film, I was driving her back and forth to set and all yeah. these other things. Yeah. And so we became hella close. And one day she was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, well... You know, I figured one day I'll hire some writers to write the script. She's like, what's it about? And I was like, 
what if I was to tell you I used to be a skinhead? She was like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then we go in and I start telling yeah. her this story that I had in my head since I was 15 years old. Yeah. And it's kind of the true story of how they became skinheads back in the 60s, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a love story. Like the British skinheads? The British skinheads, yeah. 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 So and it's a love story. Class, it's a love story between, you know, this white guy, pretty much Sting's character, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, and it's like his gang, right? Mm-hmm. But I was like, but what if what if he had another black guy in a group who's like his best friend and his sister is the one he's in love with? She introduces him to Scott Music. He wants to be like, you know, a pirate radio DJ and all right, that stuff right, like right, that. Right. And in the story... It's it, it's kind of like a like a um, Forrest Gump story where right, everywhere right. he is happens to be at the right time. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like for example, he gets into fights with a bunch of rockers. You know, they fuck him up, and he ends up shaving his hair, and his group joins in with him. You know what I mean? At first they make, yeah. they mock him. Next yeah. time we see them, they're in slow motion yeah. all together. Like you know, and they're heading toward you know the um, the pitch. You know, to go see a football game or something. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. everybody's like, "What the fuck are these guys doing here?" And then the next thing we know, I do this beautiful montage of just kids all over London and uh-huh. you know, and all uh, Liverpool, everywhere, all up and down England, starting to line up to get their head shaved. So everybody's uh-huh. starting to copy his style. Nice. And this is the script that ended up you know doing wow. really well for me. And so, um, um, but I told her that whole story and that's how I started writing, mm. you know, with that yeah. script. Yeah. So, and everybody told me, don't write that script. Well, Why are you writing course. that? Yeah, <laughs> you know what like, I mean? Who wants to read that? Exactly. Yeah. But, but, and it's this great, you know, beautiful story, whatever. I want to read it. You have to send it. Yeah, to I'll send it. Yeah. And so in the original version, it only took place in the 60s. Right. Oh, okay. It was just this story between, you know, this guy and this girl and this love story between the two of them and, you know, this tragedy that happened. And it was, you know, it all ends with, you know, it, what it does is it leads up to how skinheads went off to the negative side and yeah, where it was supposed yeah. to be. Right. You know, and so years later, <clears throat> after I think about three or four years later, I, um, I was like, I need to give it like a new twist, like mm. of, of what mm-hmm. I can do with it now. Well, what if it took place today? And the two, the love story, the Sting character, yeah. Mike and Rhoda, or whatever the character's name, I was like, they are living in America now. Mm, and they're in their, you know, 50s or 60s oh, okay. now. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. At the time, this is probably 15 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're living in America now. He works at like one of the new wave, you know, radio stations. Uh-huh. He's a DJ. Right. You know, and he's like a big star. Uh-huh. Right. And um, we open on the day he gets fired when three black, you know, hip hop dudes take over the station and want to get rid of the old guy so he calls his wife and is going hey i got fired mm-hmm. she shows up at the station she's like fucking Whoopi goldberg <laughs> and she raises hell and holds everybody hostage and forces <laughs> like them an to hear the, thing. and forces them to hear the story of who he was and mm-hmm. without guys like him mm-hmm. black music wouldn't be on the radio now that's right you know what i mean so we keep going back and forth in oh, time oh, as okay. she tells the story mm. you know what i mean and yeah. now it has a modern twist to it yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what i mean so yeah how much did you have to throw out of the first was oh it a, page a lot one, almost uh pretty much right yeah and some scenes that you cut back to you yeah did, some like, some scenes i did but but in order to i'm like a transition person like everything has to have clean yeah. transition so it 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 i lost a lot you know yeah. i hardly even remember what the old script was it's been right, so it's such a different animal than yeah but have. it was raw though you yeah know the what rawness I mean? is i hate when i rewrite something and I lose the rawness. Sure. Like the thing that made it kind of had the bite and now it's right. just like everything else. And you're like, great. It's a skipping rock. Like it's not a, you know, you can't it's, cut someone with it. It's just like. Whoop, 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 it's whoop. the thing about like people talk about. Somebody asked me the question the other day on Twitter about 
<clears throat> like um, about following the rules or like, do you, yeah. do you agree that, you know, you follow the rules and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I used to follow the rules to a T mm-hmm. and, and that's what happened. Yeah. All that raw yeah. that you had gets filtered out because now you know, right? And you've been a reader before, like I've yeah. been a reader. Yeah. So we know what our bosses are looking for yeah. and we know what Hollywood is looking for. And so people always ask me, who do I write for? I, say, I write for the reader because they're the first person to read that's it right. and the executive, right? Yep. So that's my first uh, person I need to pass, right? So I try to be as visual on the page that way so that I'm interested in keeping you interested for another six scripts you got to read that weekend, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I was saying that to say, but where I am now, you know, 20-something years later that yeah. I've been writing um, since 2001 or two. Um, Jesus, almost 20, 21 years, 20, whatever. Um, I'm old, motherfucker. Um, brother, just pretty. Though. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> I mean, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we vampires, you know. <laughs> and so uh, where I was going with all that is, um, so now when I write, because I do understand structure and character and, you know, whatever, yeah. I'm just looking for, does it have rise and fall, mm-hmm. you know? By this page, I feel like I want to be seeing, the pace feels like, we could speed it up, and now right. we need to slow it down. Right, like right, right. I'm, I'm more looking You're at it from in, that point of view. Because you internalized. Yes, all that, I'm not all, all like, rules. what page are we on? Yeah. And you know, did the hero do this and that? I'm like, no, I don't need yeah. to do all that shit. No I don't more. do that shit. Yeah. yeah, I just roll with what I feel. Mm-hmm. You know, go ahead. That's a, no, I think that's really important. I think, you know, you like a, like Blake Snyder was like a mentor to me like many years ago, and like you mm-hmm. know, I, we were talking, you know, when he passed and the thing about Blake and Save the Cat, like it used to be the thing everybody had to read. Now it's like everything, everyone makes fun of it. Yep. And like, I would talk to Blake about that. And Mm -hmm. I'd be like, what, you know, what do you intend for this to be? And he said, I want you, like you write your screenplay and then you come back to it and you go, okay, have I done the, have I, do I, have I hit the scenes that I needed, the turns that I need? It's not supposed to be like by page Right, twelve. You have it's around here. It's, a, you it's might around, wanna, and it's yeah. like every script has its own right. um, flow. Mm-hmm. And, but you will have these moments in a feature right. script, and people sort of took it as like right. uh, paint by numbers, and then you ended up with a whole generation of paint by numbers scripts. Right. You know, right? Like, and you can see it a mile away too. Oh my god! I mean, it, like, and and it doesn't always make it completely boring i'm gonna be honest with you because i mm-hmm. actually would rather read one of those scripts oh yeah than somebody who doesn't know at all oh my Cause, god because then it's just like going nowhere you yeah, know what i mean yeah like when the main <clears throat> character changes like mm-hmm. 20 pages in right and you realize oh no the main character didn't change they changed the name of the main character forgot <laughs> to do command f and find right. it you know in the first right. 20 pages like that shit is mm-hmm. funny to me that's hilarious but yeah, I agree. I think I'd rather see something that was like well structured mm-hmm. than this goddamn mm-hmm. mess over here. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. the goddamn mess over you know Agreed. all over the place. It's like, how am I supposed to cover this? Agreed. You know, like when do I get to stop reading this? Page thirty. You know, and I would go to my <laughs> boss. I'm like, can I stop? And I'll show it to him. And it's like in typewriter font. And shit. I'm like, he's like, yeah, you could just stop. That's you know? hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, but that's literally how I started yeah. you know writing was i just took from what i knew you know and yeah. that was the thing that was burning me mm-hmm. <clears throat> so when 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 emerging writers come to me now and they ask me these questions about what should i write or whatever i'm like what's mm-hmm. burning you yeah what's the thing <clears throat> you know what i mean like keeping you up at night what's right. the thing that i call it the earworm 
Mm. You know, explain that. Explain it. Like the earworm, that song that gets stuck in your head. Mm. What is your story right. that gets stuck in your head? And like, I like to tell people to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't do it. There are like four things that I've had for fucking decades. <laughs> I was like before I was a writer, right? And I'm still like I think now I actually can do it. I don't think I had the skills to mm-hmm. carry these out and execute at a high enough level where it would like make me proud of my own work. Mm-hmm. But now I think I can. So now I will, you know, so. Yeah, and, that, and that's, and, and see now, we're gonna talk about the Disney Fellowship yeah. in a moment too. <clears throat> um, see, that goes to, to, the, to the fellowships and the competitions and everything yeah, too. Yeah. See, cause I came from that first. So mm-hmm. that's how I got to Sundance, right? Mm. I was online. I just written Fade Out on my first script ever. It's called Rebel Yell, the same script mm-hmm. I told you about. And <clears throat> I was like, what the fuck is Sundance? Like, I never heard of it. You know, that's it's well, like 2001 or two, whatever yeah, the fuck it yeah, was. 2002, yeah. I think it was. And so I was like, I don't know what that is. And so I was like, fuck it. So I submitted and, you know, a few months later, quarterfinals, a few months later, semifinals, finalists. And I was like, top 20. I was like, what? Damn. You know what I mean? First draft. Right. And I, now it took me a year great. to write that draft. <laughs> right. So you were. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was like learning. I really was like, actually, I was doing more reading. Oh, uh-huh. I was just, I've always been like a voracious, you know, reader. Yeah. And so I think my first two years of, and I've said this on many podcasts. Yeah. The first two years of myself um, as a writer, I think I read somewhere between 1,400 and 1,600 scripts. Oh. That's how much I was reading. Dang. I mean, just blah, 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 blah. my wow. husbands are like, what are you doing? Reading. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, and, and what I've learned is those are my 10,000 hours, so to speak. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I can literally, like, if you read one of my scripts, like, I'll send you this one. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not who I am now. Sure. Th- that script. Yeah. But you can see where I came from. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so I pull different things. Like, I'll be like, ooh, Billy Ray did this cool little thing mm-hmm. here. I'm a I think this style of this script could work that way. Mm. Oh, I remember I read that thing from John John August. He did this little amazing, mm. did this. Like I see them because I read them on the page. Yeah, yeah, and I can yeah. pull different styles and put it into my voice though. Mm. You know what I mean? In that pace or in that yeah. style of the way they did it, but with me. You know does, what I mean? Does style change script to script for you? Yeah. Or is it always like one style? No, it, it always it almost always changes because tone changes. You know? Okay, that's interesting because you would think, let's say it's, you know, everyone talks about Sorkin and Tarantino, mm-hmm. of course, all day long, and their style is so distinct and it's it's in everything. It, so yours is more chameleon-like where it's like, I'm going to sort of, you know it's me from the point of view, but the style of the writing is going to I think change. me on the page is the the way that I do describe things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's where you see the continuity of, oh, sure. uh-huh. of me <clears throat> and my pacing. Uh-huh. You might be reading something that may say 120 pages as an example, mm-hmm. but you felt like, damn, I zipped like right through that thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm really like, I, I'm not saying I nailed it on that script I'm talking about, but sure. where I am now, yeah. it's just like, you know what I mean? I get right to things now. Yeah. And those are things that I've learned is you don't have to linger anymore. You don't have to mm-hmm. sit in the scene. Big setup. I mean, I mean, I don't mind it having yeah. a big setup, but I want the big setup to be in the midst of like starting late in something else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah. So that we always are pushing forward, paces moving, zip, yeah. zip, 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 bam. 
you know that that happened and that is the that inciting is, incident, yeah. that that is the end of the act yeah, or whatever, it's, it's you know what I mean? it's not unclear. No. So, I, those, mushy, those mushy inciting incidents can be a little bit tricky because, um, like, so I like that you just hit it because it's just nice. It's well, here's, nice to know. Here's a trick that I started doing. I want to say what, even with that script I'm talking about, mm-hmm. which is having read so many scripts, and you know this, Adit, there's how many times you've read a script and you're like, where's the end of Act 1 at? Whether oh. it's TV or whether like, it's a, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Especially if they don't have any act breaks in them. Right? Yeah, and TV sometimes I'm right. curious. <clears throat> and so what I always do, because, you know, we don't use cut two that much anymore and stuff like yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm always telling people, just get rid of it, just get rid of it, yeah. get rid of it right? Yeah. Now, what I do is that's at the end of an act is the only time I use that smash or that dissolve or whatever. That's when I'm letting the reader know that's like, we've, ended a, we've okay. ended a sequence. I'm stealing that. You know, I want to have I want the reader to know that I know where my act breaks are. That's how I do it. Okay, that's my little it's my little cheat. And all my assistants know it. They all do it. That's a good cheat. Yeah, it's it's a cheat. And and it's it's (laughs) because I'm also telling the reader, you can stop here if you want. Right. And come back tomorrow. Right. <laughs> you right, know what right, I mean? Right. Or whatever. You put a pin in here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You put I a pin in I hate starting a script and then having to start it again uh, now because I lose the continuity yes. of like what I had in my head and the rhythm is off and right. I kind of have to go back and read it again. Yeah. Um, are, are you one of those people that has to read like if you're working on script and you wrote six pages today, you got to go back and read the whole six again or no, which, what's your No, I thing? just try to keep going Okay. because if I go back I'll get stuck there and I'll never you'll just be editing and yeah so I have to I do a visualization thing I can't remember who I stole it from Mm -hmm. but I I have a jar that says it has a few pieces of paper in it and Mm -hmm. when it says critic (laughs) and editor and I tighten that up put it up on the shelf and I go you don't get to come into this session Mm. and then when I'm doing rewrites I take the jar down and bring it down and I'm like okay you can do your job you know, huh. that's how I do it. Interesting. That's Because I kind of had to let mind hack myself because I would always be too critical as I was writing. Right. And then I would, you know, I'd be gilding the lily. And then it's like, great. You have 20, pa- 20 perfect pages and you still got 80 pages to go. <laughs> and you, at this rate, you'll right. never get there. Right. You know? That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good one. Um, I'm really good at, here's my, here's my escape from that mm-hmm. is this. I tell people this all the time, and you've probably heard me say it, or people have probably said it. A script to me is a puzzle, right? Yeah, yeah. So a puzzle, you can put a piece anywhere you want. That's right. Right? So I always say write that first that first scene that, you, that you're dying to write because it's going to mm-hmm. excite you to write whatever. That's right. It gives you the right? momentum. Yeah. yeah. For me, and that's why the outline to me is so detailed for me yeah. that that I'm pretty much excited about most of it. That's if really, that makes sense. I wish it made sense. Yeah, because, uh, because I'm so. I, I'm not always. Ahead. I don't always feel that way, mm-hmm. right? I I think I lose the excitement. I kind of fall out of love with things. Okay. And I've heard that like a lot of people, like you're gonna. That's gonna happen to you at sure. some point. Sure. But if you found a way to sort of circumnavigate that, then I will steal that. Well, also. and one of the things that I do, for example, so you know, you you've worked on shows. <clears throat> you got to write your story area or your yeah, outlines, right? Yeah. And, and and I come from a place where I learned and taught myself how to write outlines in a way that's super detailed but has very little dialogue. Like the only time I'll throw dialogue in is on a button, you know, wow. or this happened, this happened, and she said, motherfucker, boom, 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 boom. And then I'll continue. You know what I mean? So it's, it's always like that. 
just the popping. Story turns into just plot just and just turning something just turning. or. Or something might come to me in a rhythm that I'm like, oh, I don't want to forget this. And then I might give it like a little two or three lines or something. Mm-hmm. Very rarely, though. So so I'm not as anxious to write that whole scene. You know, I can hold myself back because I got the most important thing out. I see. So I'll be able to come back to that moment even because I said the tone of it. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you have the, the purpose of the scene, why the scene exists right. is clear in the outline. Right. Yeah. I have a tendency to write too much dialogue in my outlines. So what I do... (laughs) But if you could teach yourself not to do it, you would be zipping through. This is what I do. I write however I write it. It's long. Mm -hmm. And then I go, all right, let's strip out all the dialogue or turn the dialogue into, you know, Hilliard said. (laughs) And and it kills me. But like, and then of course I have a dialogue file that has all the... Okay, that's good the sick dialogue in it because I don't ever want to lose a good line. Because usually yeah. to me and that those first things of dialogue are usually, usually the, the best. best. <laughs> they are. It's like so, the, your first or second take as an actor is usually the best right, one. Right. And that's why I always say you hold on to those and every day some yeah. people are like every day they have a whole new I'm not that organized. No, um, I'm not either. And I'm really bad. I'll come back tomorrow and just edit right over the shit I did. You know what I mean? I really will. But what I've started doing for me yeah. is when I finish, you know, 12 pages today or whatever I got through, yeah. I'll email myself mm-hmm. so that I have it in the ether somewhere. Me too. You know what I mean? I've, that's one thing Don't I've been doing. Don't ever want to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it was good and not just, you know, vomit. Although vomit you got to keep too because... I call them Ebola drafts, where it's like it's just coming out of every <laughs> hole, and then you just get to the end. And you're like, I don't know what this is. Like, we don't have a cure for this. And, I don't. Uh, I don't remember the last time I wrote a vomit draft of anything. Yeah. So what's the? Yeah. Go ahead. So what's the? You know, I wanted to ask you some questions about craft uh, and like, um, what's your take on the vomit draft? Like, it, is it just if it works for you, do it? I mean, uh, it's, it's the thing about writing. I yeah. mean, everybody's going to have their own style. Mm-hmm. You know, I jokingly said to you, they'll try it without dialogue, but that may not be your style. You know what right. I mean? I have to do the dialogue for me to understand You have to the get scene. through it yeah. the way that you see for yourself. Right. And so if, if where you end up is at a place where you got me turning the pages and laughing and shit, which is your thing, mm-hmm. you, keep your fucking style. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I, I get it. For yeah. me, yeah. it was a muscle that I had to practice. You know what I mean? Not only was it about... Um, Speed, that's another thing I'm trying to do. Now, yeah. you know from being on the show, <clears throat> I tell people this all the time, you get on a show, right? You get blessed to get on a show. You guys all get, you get your, you get episode 103, yeah. 106, yeah, whatever the fuck episode. it is you're going to get, yeah. right? Yeah. And then boom, they're going to go deep. So sorry, um, we had a problem with 103. We're going to have to, we're going to have to push yours forward because we're going to have to shoot yours, blah, 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 blah. I need your outline tomorrow. Like yeah. shit like yeah. that happens. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and you're going to have to be able to do it. And that's why I do that now with myself is I practice that now. Mm -hmm. So I'm always telling writers, be practicing now. So if you get on a show and they give you, they said you had six or 10 days to write your episode and it turns out you only have three or four. Right. Can you fucking do it? Can you do it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so those are the things that I'm always trying to get myself with. So, so same thing, you know, and I'm not sure what they did on your show. I don't know how much dialogue they did in their outlines. Or you're actually, you know, they probably didn't need to do outlines anymore on a show that big because they already established, you know, their their style. It was you kind know? of a. It, they had all their own kind of um, documents, okay. you know. So it was, you know, 
one sheet and the outline was an outline, but it was like more like a scriptment in a way because you had, you did have a lot of like dialogue that got Mm -hmm. in there. Um, And I think that's because that show is so joke driven. I was thinking it's probably harder for comedy writers to do it too. Yeah, because it's just, it doesn't jump off Mm -hmm. in the outline as much as. As, yeah, that to get that tone like, without yeah, the, the tone. without the actual yeah. line of dialogue yeah. that shows you how funny it is. Yeah, like you that need makes sense. you need Barry to say mm-hmm. that really idiotic thing for right. everyone else to like jump on, or right. for you know the JTP to be like we're into this, and then they just look falling around. Yeah, that like, makes sense. You sort of need those little nuggets, but you can get in trouble too because those you don't you don't want to write to the jokes. Ideally, because you want the story to be working, so mm-hmm. you can sort of get in trouble there. Um, and what do we? What issue do we have? I was trying to think. Oh, I mean, our issues were very different. They were like usually actor dependent. Mm-hmm. So, like a guest actor, because we had guest actors all the I'm time. Sure. So, like so and so fell out. They got a movie, so <laughs> we can't do that entire story. Right. Or, like you said, we have to do it. You know, in three months, mm-hmm. so everything moves up, and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff happens all the time. But yeah, see, that's what it's about to me. Is you know, when you when you're prepping those those outlines and stuff. I guess for me, I'm all about cause and effect and rise and fall and all yeah. that stuff like that. <clears throat> so I think that's why for me, and also about in the style. I'm also I'm also really about tension, right? Yeah. So it's a, probably a lot more easier in you know the style of scripts and things that I'm writing than it probably is in comedy. To, to think that way that you don't necessarily need a line of dialogue here. You need an action description yeah, to yeah. make it work. You yeah, know what I mean? Because it, our action, our description is very, is very, simple. very simple. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. they just, they let the director and the actors do their thing. Or yeah. Something. And you know, a well-oiled machine like yeah. the Goldbergs, right. like season seven. Right. You know, go tell them where to sit. Like and where my to episode stand. was 150. <laughs> <laughs> they threw a party and had a cake. Wow. You know, that's a but so you know and shenanigans ensue yeah i mean it's it but on other on my own stuff Mm -hmm. it's really important for me to have conflict tension that's not just you know surface it has Mm -hmm. to and actually you know when you're on a show you have to have a superpower Mm -hmm. you have to sort of know what it is and how to use it but you know in, in my case like and i've said this on many podcasts and whatnot I realize when I get on a show and my strength in the outside world is jokes and dialogue, right, right. you get on a show where everyone else, that's their strength. Guess <laughs> exactly. what's not your superpower anymore? Right, right. So you go down the list. Yes. You're like, that's this. Nope, someone else has that covered. It's right. this. So my thing just was... Push it oh, sorry. Yeah, just yeah, push yeah. it towards you. Oh, just push it towards you. My whole thing was I was the expert on like geek culture okay. of the 80s. And as a music supervisor, like mm-hmm. I knew all the 80s tunes and stuff like that so I didn't have to look anything up Um, and then the other thing was like I because no one else was really looking at it the the way I was I always thought okay there's a character it was very simple for me there's a character Mm -hmm. they want something there's another character they want something they're in opposition and I took it for the joke it was how do they feel about it okay because that's how they're going to externalize that feeling is in a joke in mm-hmm. a comedy and so all my jokes sort of came from that that's cause and effect emotion, yeah. emotionally okay. you know driven place mm-hmm. and it's always funnier mm-hmm. always funnier right because you're feeling it on two or three levels you have the performance mm-hmm. you have the craft <clears throat> of the line and then you have that emotional resonance and it may not be like a huge banger of a line but but like because of the emotional resonance it right. feels bigger and the, and the actor's 
probably aren't going, why am I saying this? Because no, now, they know exactly. Now it makes sense. They know right. exactly why. They're right. like, well, why, you know, I want to go over here and now mm-hmm. I'm getting pulled over here because right. I have to. And right. it's like, oh, I don't know where my loyalties lie. And then you have like, a, you know, an outburst and that's comedy. And, right. you know, and the great thing about comedy is you can just be very awkward and, and that works. You know, dramas can't always be very awkward unless right. that's the style. You know, the Americans let's, is not generally an awkward show. You know? <laughs> exactly. Let's let's talk about how you got to that place being on that type of a show. Mm-hmm. Now, so you got into the Disney program, right? Yep. Now mm-hmm. I know one of the things that I want to talk to you about because <clears throat> I, you know, you and I both are givers and we're always helping, you know, emerging yeah. writers and stuff. Yeah. And one of the things I know you do every year for years, you've been doing this. When whenever people get into the Disney program or when they're accepting applications, you're like, guys, here's my cheat sheet. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, so let, let's yeah. talk about what you're doing. I mean, uh, I did the program 2019 and 2020, mm-hmm. staffed on the Goldbergs through the program. Um, you know, the the application has changed and it does change every year. So you sort of have okay. to, you know, it, you sort of have to keep up on it. And mm-hmm. this year they've <laughs> added some new instructions. Um, and I clarified with them, like, if that's truly what they want. And you know, right. I said, yeah, that's like what we're doing. Um, but yeah, I tell people, make sure that your application is like a unified statement. So like the, the two samples you have, mm-hmm. your personal statement, your staffing pitch, all of those things need to feel like they came from the same voice and the same person. Can you give me an example? Like, um, like all of my stuff is very like sarcastic. It's mm-hmm. very, very much about families. It's a lot about fatherhood is like a big okay. thing and all that, my that's stuff. That's your theme. That's my theme. Yeah, and it has good. been before I was even a father. So right. go figure right. daddy issues. And, uh, <laughs> and so I just lean into that. Mm-hmm. And, and so my application was, you know, I had a half hour, Mm-hmm. Uh, sitcom about you know uh, like a highly competitive preschool in Los Angeles, which doesn't seem like it would be high concept <laughs> or anything. But then when you read it, you're like, oh, I never thought that anyone would come from that perspective. And so that's like a fun script. And I have another script that's you know it's a dramedy about you know having PTSD while raising an infant, like about <laughs> when I did that. Like my dad drowned, we had a baby, mm-hmm. and I was trying to like figure shit out and it's called white knuckling because that's what you do uh, in that moment and you know no one else is going to re- write that no um doesn't mean that's everybody a good likes premise, it that's a great premise, doesn't mean everyone yeah. likes it but, yeah. but it got me into afi disney bafta like so it's done it got me repped mm-hmm. um and so I had those two that were very fatherhood mm-hmm. driven, but the the point of view was very similar, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it's an outsider thing. It's a I'm dealing with these sorts of issues that uh, I have to deal with these issues, or else they keep coming out in these different mm-hmm. ways. So is it anger? Is it insecurity? Those. Things. And then my essay was about me and my dad. Mm. And my essay was about us recording a voicemail message. Uh, using the Twin Peaks theme song that I played on the keyboard. Oh, and then he said, cool. it's Laura Palmer. She's wrapped in plastic with mm. an Indian accent. <laughs> and that's that's what my essay was about. That's cute. That's cute. You know? funny. As soon as you said that, I almost got teary-eyed. Yeah. Because you know I, mean? I could visualize that and I know what happened. So that's like, wow, dude, that's So deep. you take people through yes. that journey of, yes. you know, uh, you know, I talk about, you know, military you know, I, I worked in all the little nuggets that I wanted mm-hmm. them to remember, mm-hmm. but it was within the context of one very small story. Right. And that's what they want. They want us. It doesn't have to be a small story, but it has to be a story 
with the beginning, middle, end that shows your point of view and uh, your 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 voice. Right. They really want voice, but I feel like voice and point of view go together. Yeah, right? yeah, mean, but you also have what I'm hearing is you have a through line. Is what I'm hearing. There's a there's something that brings it all all the together. material. Yes, <clears throat> you know what I mean. And that's usually what's missing because yeah, people send me their stuff to read all the time. Can you read this? You know, I'm trying to submit to this thing, whatever, yeah. and I'm reading. I'm like, there's a lot going on here. You're like, well, there's no yeah. through line. Like I said, what's you know holding what I mean? it together? Right, right? like theme. Right. You know, it, they don't require like Disney doesn't require that you have a theme that goes across right. your stuff, but. If you do, that's good. Mm -hmm. It's always better. Yeah. And that's what I did. And it was, you know, fifth time I applied, struck out four <laughs> times. Did, I did the essay wrong four times. That's the thing. Because mm. they, they, the thing that's most important to them is that personal statement. Mm. And I don't know where the staffing pitch comes in these days. It's probably third, I would guess. Mm. I feel like it's, it's statement, mm -hmm. samples, then maybe the staffing really? thing. I think, I mean, that's a guess. Because the staffing thing is since I left and they used to ask the staffing question in the semi-final interview now they've front-loaded it yeah. um i think because they want to make sure that people know their brand and oh. like where they where you fit mm -hmm. in the brand which is like you know abc disney right. disney jr right. nat geo uh you know marvel star wars <laughs> you know it's everything so right. You should be able to find one show that you can... Yeah, there should be something <laughs> among all that somewhere. Yeah, and if you don't find it, find, you know, a theme that, you know, theme is great because you can just lock onto that. If mm -hmm. your theme is similar, like, I, w I was easy. Mine was easy. I picked Blackish. Mm. I just talked about, you know, raising a family, mm -hmm. trying to keep on a, a hold of your culture and teach your children about their culture while trying to like move up in a world where there it's just full of microaggressions and right. like you know he they give him you know head of urban marketing and it's like god damn it's just mm -hmm. like being like oh yeah you're you have one diversity higher spot on this show <laughs> right. and you're up for that one <laughs> right you know and right. and so is everybody else yeah you know yeah. so I, I identify with all of that and and that seemed to work you know awesome. let me let me ask you um <clears throat> so it sounds like the, some of the biggest common mistakes are coming from that original statement about themselves. Oh yeah, yeah, the personal statement. The personal, Absolutely, yeah, that's the, the, the biggest. Whatever. That's the biggest. Um, that's how they cut the numbers down yeah. significantly. Um, One, like I told you, I think I read like four of them in the last I don't know, a couple months or so. <laughs> <clears throat> like people and, applying now. Yeah, people applying. Yeah, and yeah. same note I had was. What about that one thing about yourself? Mm, they were like, yes. oh, I didn't think I wanted to. And I was like, that's the that's, that's the interesting. That's always what happens. Yeah. And it goes back to, I always tell writers this. My life changed when I leaned in. I was in a meeting and somehow I was talking about something and I was talking about, oh, yeah, the, back in the day, you know, I was a little punk rock, Afro yeah. punk. And they were yeah. like, what? Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, oh, yeah. You know, I grew up in Palo Alto. You remember the school, Dangerous Minds? Like, yeah, that was the school. Yeah, was they were like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. everything I didn't want you to know about me yeah. was the thing that I needed to lean in. So now, yep. whether it's being the black gay dude, the punk rock dude, whatever, yeah. I just throw it away. You know, it's up front. Oh, I grew up in the oh, Bay sure. and blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, you know, yeah. you know, youngest of five, but I throw it out almost like a fucking rap. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I slow it back down and I go, now let me Let's tell you a little story. bit about me. Remember uh, I mentioned these things about me? Yeah. Here's why I'm the yeah. underdog. I yeah, was known yeah. as the black people right. hermit of my neighborhood. Right. Here's why. Right, right, and right. boom, and I just start, you know, talking about yeah. this whole thing. You know, I always say that, you know, you got to imagine, imagine being, you know, this is the 80s, you know, it was a different time, blah, 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 yeah, yeah. you know, and so I set it up so mm -hmm. they see how was the underdog. Imagine that movie you saw, Dangerous Minds, and one of the kids rode around in fucking uh, vintage scooter with yeah, suits and right, fucking crazy right. hair. And, You'd be like, that guy's a freak. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, I had to be one tough motherfucker to do that. That's right. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and so, and most of my other friends lived on the other side. You know, and oh, lived on the white side. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, you so, were in East Pali? Or? Yeah, I was. I was in East Menlo, in East Menlo, and East, East Palo Alto yeah. was the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I think the only thing that separates is, is a street, but we yeah. all claim the same. You know, uh, right, the same thing. right. And so, um, it was it was a different time. So I I've learned to lean in on that. So mm -hmm. when I talk about you know being the underdog and blah blah blah, I said I write underdog stories in the mm -hmm. murder death kill world. You know what I mean? Anything like that I yeah. could do. Yeah. You know, you give me a bio story on Tim uh, Emmett Till, it's gonna come from this point of view. Yeah. No matter what it is, Black Wall Street. You know, the, yep. a fucking horror movie. You can see it the theme in everything that I do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so and so like now now that you know producers bring me into you know fix scripts and you know um um create shows for them, I'm always like, what's my point of view? In the meeting, I'll be like, mm, I can't write this. Oh yeah, I've done that. And they'll be like, what? I'll be like, <laughs> let me tell you what I can write though. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I didn't think about that. And I was like, because right. I'm telling you from my point right. of view. Right. <laughs> you know what and I mean? It's fresh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. I think. And that's an interesting thing. There, there are projects that you should not do just because you're up for a project. Mm -hmm. There's a point where you should back out. Oh, yeah. Because as soon as you don't have that thing, that connection to the story, the emotional connection to the story, mm -hmm. I feel like for me, I have to just cut my losses there and say, mm -hmm. like, you know, I think there's someone who is better for this story than mm -hmm. me. And I'm gonna just bow out gracefully, and I, you know, I wish you all the best. And let me know how it goes. Right. I'll watch the, you know, I'll support it. Right. But I'm not your guy anymore because everything that I use to get into the story is gone. So, you but know. here's the funny thing, though. I've in the last two years, God, me and my producing partner, we probably have done, I want to say eight assignments. Right? Wow. Yeah, and um. We're usually back to back and some twice, two, two at the same time. Oh. I don't know how uh, we do it. We're, that's brutal. And that stuff we're doing together. We also have separate shit. You know, I'm, I'm oh, finishing right, this big documentary I've been doing for six years. I mean, oh, it's yeah. like one thing. Anyway, and so we have literally been on a meeting where they had a book or something or a property or whatever. Yeah, some idea. And we come in, you know, for the, for the uh, open writing assignment. Mm -hmm. And we come in and we go, yeah, this is great. Um, there's a problem. They're like, what? And we're like, it's a it's a white savior project. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we will tell them straight the fuck up. Dude. And they're like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and we're like, don't worry. We're not. We yeah. can fix it. We can fix it. I just want to let you know, here's the problem. Here's what, yeah. Right? And this page, is why you have it. Oh, yeah. And we'll be like, page two. <laughs> here's what happened. Right? They yeah. did this thing. That's page right. six. They did this. Page whatever. And I say, now don't worry about it. We're going to do all that stuff and take a right instead of a left. Right, right, right. And they were like, oh. And we're like, trust me, now, mind you, that character's going to fall into more of the B story. Yeah. But this is not the white This is the current story. thing, right? <laughs> yeah. You said it was about these football players, right? Right. So we need to push them a little forward. They'd be like, oh, right. great, great. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. So we are able to do that by yeah. telling them the truth. Yeah. 
on what's what. Most people are like, well, I can't tell them that it's a white. No, bitch, tell them it's a white. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why they brought you in. Yeah, they want your point of view. They don't want you to tell them what you know their point of view right. is already. They have mm-hmm. that, and they had 20 other guys come in and give the same point of view. And then right. you come in, and you're like, coming in the side door. That's how that's how I call it. It's like I'm always coming in the side door. Right. You, I'm not even coming through the back where you, you thought like you have the screen door up and to let the air in. I'm coming in through the side. Like you didn't lock that right. door. And that everything I write is like that. Like I look at a thing that mm-hmm. is like uh, it's, it's an institution or it's uh, a sort of cliched relationship or something and I come at it the other way and then it looks we, different. We have a really cool, Pamela is my producing partner. Mm-hmm. We, we're called Mental Duet. <clears throat> we, have this, we have this cool little thing that we do where like she'll go to like she went to a she's going to a big party tonight right mm-hmm. you know with all these you know vaccinated producers oh sure uh-huh. <laughs> and so she's going to this party and so she'll come out I know sometime next week we're gonna be on Zoom with some producer she's oh sure just, yeah she knows how to do that right? yeah 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 and so we do this thing where like sometimes uh, my rep will get me a meeting and it's like just for me because I write more this thing mm-hmm. right and then sometimes it's together or whatever so I went on for example I one of the assignments we did was for um, Revelations. And I went on a general meeting. Mm-hmm. And in the meeting, I told her my whole spiel about growing up in the hood and all that stuff like yeah. that. And then she started going down the roster of projects that they had assignments for. Mm-hmm. And she got to this one, this documentary about this, you know, um, 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 school in Watts and, you know, this thing mm-hmm. that Morgan had been wanting to do forever and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Kind of a lean on me feel to it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, documentary is just kind of, you know, uh, mm-hmm. not, not a lot of story, just yeah. a bunch of random scenes, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I hadn't seen it at the time. And she said, um, she's like, yeah, we're doing that. So I let her finish her spiel. And I said, can I tell you something? <laughs> she said, what? I says, um, I said, you were telling me about that documentary thing, you know, about that, like, school and Watts and whatever. Yeah. I said, remember I was telling you about how I grew up, you know, in, in that neighborhood or whatever. Mm-hmm. I said, here's something I didn't tell you about. I said, um, I also, how I got into the gang and all that shit was at the boys club around the corner from mm, me. Right. You know, like right. that was the hangout. That's where I learned how to play pool and all this right. blah, blah, blah. Right. I said, so an interesting thing happened about two weeks ago. Oh, my God. I know I'm going to cry even talking about this. Oh, I fucking hate this. <laughs> but I did. I yeah. lost it when I yeah. told her to. And she said, I said, I was on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my homeboys, there's only a few of us alive now. Right. Right. One right. of my homeboys was, um, had posted that Winky passed away. He was the manager of the boys club. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, I hadn't thought about this dude since I was like 16, 17 years so old. Was he like 20, 25 Yeah, years he was probably, you know, 20, something? 30, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, but he taught us how to, you know, wrestle and like all that yeah. shit. He was that like dude. Big brother. He, really cool dude. Drove yeah. a cool car. I mean, he was yeah. a bimp. You yeah. know what I mean? He was a cool, <laughs> he was a cool guy. Yeah. And, um, but he cared about the kids. He yeah. really was that dude. Yeah. And I saw his fate. Yeah. And I lost it. Yeah. And I don't know where it comes from. And I did it with her. And I was like, that dude taught me everything. Right. And she, I looked at it and she and started crying. Like, <laughs> yeah. And she was like, you're the guy. Interesting. And I was like, I was like, great. But let me tell you why me and my producing partner need to write this together. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I said, this is a school about, you know, um, after school thing about all these kids in this bad neighborhood, whatever. And I was like, but it's a, it's a, it's like a musical theater thing. I said, oh. my producing partner comes from Broadway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I started selling them on there. They're like, oh, yeah. we want to meet them. Uh, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, the two of us would be dangerous together yes. with this. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so, boom. So that's how 
It happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you, I'm open to being vulnerable. People don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to yeah. let them see you sweat. Yeah. You know, whatever the fuck. You know? I'm always pretty vulnerable. And, uh, but I will, I will say, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I will say that I think in a meeting, it's, it's fine if you sort of lose it, lose the hold on your emotions. I think if you, um, you're vulnerable to them, I think that's fine. I will say for the Disney program, when you're doing the interview process, mm -hmm. that's not going to work. So you got to mm -hmm. be able to keep it together. So there's like, there's rules for the, the fellowship stuff and there's rules for like generals and staffing meetings and stuff like that. Because when you're staffing on a show and if you're like that passionate about a character or that passionate about a story in your life that ties emotionally to right. what's happening on that show and you break a little bit, that's probably what's going to get you the gig. I agree. You know, but in in the fellowship world, not not Why some, but why do you, why do you think? I don't, you know, I think they want you to be strong enough where mm -hmm. you won't be sort of broken down by the system because yeah. where you're all people of color sitting in a room and you're about to go in mm -hmm. to rooms where there are basically none and I think they want you to just be like that strong. Um and see to me now, I'm just talking out loud. You know yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't hold you back. That's just me saying. To, that's fine. You know. And it might be a truth or not. But right. To me, I think that's a problem. Um, and here's why. Let me mm -hmm. just explain this. Yeah. Um, that's the misconception that they have about us is that yeah. we're not strong enough for certain things. Like, yeah. oh, can they handle being in a room with a bunch of white people? Fucking, we we it. live in your world, bitch. <laughs> you don't have to live yeah. in ours. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? My house is all white people. Oh, it's I'm sure. My wife's white. Mm -hmm. My children, they came out pretty white. My dogs are white. <laughs> the car's Little white. My house kids. is white. Everything's white. <laughs> I'm like, who are you? <laughs> exactly. But see, that's what I'm saying. So, for example, um, a friend of mine and another network I won't mention <laughs> is beginning to put together another big um, program. Mm -hmm. Right, so she came to me, and we had a big Zoom, and we were talking. Oh, like a like a fellowship, program. like a fellowship program mm -hmm. for you know filmmakers and writers yeah. or whatever, and particularly people of color, of yeah. course. And she was asking me what do I think, and I said she had heard me say this on 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 um, on um, I don't know if you were on it that day, but I was in one of the rooms on um, oh on Clubhouse on Clubhouse, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I was talking about it was one of Yvette Yvette Vargas's rooms, mm -hmm. and I was talking about um, it was a day myself and Glenn Mazzara and all of them were on there like three weeks ago, whatever. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I said, so here's the problem I have with programs. Mm -hmm. They only bring us in from the bottom, mm -hmm. right? I said the thing that they forget is there's so many of us, including myself. Yeah. who come from the indie world, mm -hmm. who've been shooting fucking, yeah. Yeah. you know, docs and movies and, yeah. you know, and you can all kind of shit. Dude, I, I've been on some shows and I'm like, that's the Koei B? Yeah. Like, they haven't even produced yet. Nope. They, they've because they've produced. only worked on shows that didn't produce. Yeah. And I'm like, what? You yeah. know what I mean? So there's like lots of stuff like yeah. that. And so, um, um, and I'm like, instead of just searching for that newer emerging writer who's never done anything, Let's mm -hmm. do one that gears independent filmmakers who would have been Issa, Issa Rae before she got her deal. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. find those cats who have 100,000 people who follow them or whatever, yeah. or whatever the thing is. That's different. And make them get ready for to be a showrunner. Because mm -hmm. that's the next generation. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And she was like, oh, that's brilliant. And yeah, I was like, I've never yeah, heard bitch. anybody say that. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. Because... And I said, it's 2021. Uh, Most of us, people of color, yeah. have to go out and make our own shit. Yep. 
We can't depend on Hollywood no. to hire us. Otherwise, we're going to be sitting waiting. Yeah. You know, in the midst of all this shit, we're still shooting stuff and yeah. making shit happen. Yeah. I was like, so our experiences are way farther than a lot of yeah. people's. Oh, yeah. You know I would what I mean? say, like, I went to AFI as a dude with, you know, like a six-year-old and a mm -hmm. newborn. People thought I was insane. <laughs> I was like, this is a bucket list thing. Right. I went there <clears throat> to sharpen my producing skills by working on these film sets. Right. And on, like, my cycle film, I... I did a lot of producing on it, right. and I like doing it. And so I wanted to make sure that when I hit a TV show, mm -hmm. I'm comfortable producing and being on set. And as a first-time staff writer, mm -hmm. I get my episode. I get to be on set. Yep. Um, I love being on set. Mm -hmm. I knew what I was doing. You know, other people are doing a bit more heavy lifting, but sure. if I if I had a note, I could give it. And um, and I was in the edit bay. I did you know did the voiceover sessions mm -hmm. with Patton Oswalt like. You know, all those wardrobe, the whole thing. Right. I can produce a show. And see, that's what I'm talking about, Adip, is, is, but the assumption is we can't. The assumption is like he's a staff writer. It, so he doesn't book. know. But I did 24 episodes right. and produced my own episode. Mm. Why is there a guy who has never set foot on a set and is a co-EP because mm -hmm. they did like six episodes a year for mm -hmm. four years, three years? Like right. that's still less shows than I've worked on. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right? And so, and and that's exactly exactly what I'm talking less. about is is and there's so many people that are at least in my opinion the only thing here's here's what I always say I'll never forget even when I signed with UT a couple of years ago yeah. I was like look I was like don't put to, don't don't think that for a minute this is what I said at the fucking table I was like don't think for a minute because my resume doesn't have you yeah. know yeah. twenty big shows that you heard of yeah. that. I don't know how to do this yet. Right. I was like, I am used to running 30, 40, 60 people on the set and yeah. I'm in charge. Yeah. I'm the EP. Yeah. I'm running whatever the thing is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. I know how to hire people. I know how to fire people. I know yeah. how to Auditing manage. People, I know how to, like, every edits, single department. Yeah. And I said, and I said, any department that there is that I don't know, I bet I can have a conversation with them. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I can yeah. communicate. I can tell them what, what we're looking for, what we want, whatever, yep. blah, blah, blah. And some ad actor with an attitude, guess what? I've been an actor with an attitude. I know how to have that conversation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. All that. Yeah. All that. Yeah. So, I, yes. You know, I kind of, I'm good with actors. I've worked for a lot of actors. I do a little bit uh, when people make me and um, did plenty of comedy, but I, I know how to talk to actors. Mm -hmm. And people have been coming up to me lately just like, are you going to direct something? Do you want to direct? I said, yeah. I came up with a class for AFI for directing for writers. And then I, I had to leave as soon as they approved it, like mm. my own class. I was oh, like, Bye. And I, I still haven't taken that <laughs> class. But that, I think that's why it's so important that writers learn how to work on a set and writers learn. Like, I actually came in as an adjunct, um, adjunct professor last year at oh, AFI. At AFI? Yeah. Um, they just never called me. They were like, "We're gonna put you on hold." Oh right, <laughs> you know it's what I mean? Because of the pandemic. yeah, um, yeah. whatever. Were you, you know in what I mean? Producing no for for writers. Oh, for writers. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, whoever was about to graduate or whatever the fuck was going on. I'm gonna know. leave. Yeah, there's always yeah. stuff going on. So yeah, um, yeah. They called me like out the blue and like, "Hey, you want to do this thing?" And I was like, "Uh, how long?" They were like, "I don't know, six, eight weeks, whatever it was." And I was like, "Yeah." They want, did they want you to teach um, like a spec writing class no. or no? All I had to do was review people's work and give them notes and oh, talk sure. to them if they, and nobody ever called me. And like literally like eight weeks, six, eight, eight, eight weeks later, he called me going, hey, did you ever hear, about, hear, from, anybody, hear from anybody? I says, nope. He goes, ah, well, I'm really sorry. He's like, well, we'll, 
I got you. You will. We'll, maybe we'll find something next year or whatever. I was like, if I'm not busy, <laughs> yeah. we'll see. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, <clears throat> I'll put in a good word for you. No, no, I don't need. You it. don't need it. No, don't need you don't need it. No, they don't. They're like, this guy left. F that guy. No, no we no, were. No. We were very. No, I was like, no, was no, very no. casual. No, 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 no. For me, like, I, they're like, he came in, did one semester in one month, and then bounced. <laughs> uh, yeah. Was I, that when you got staffed? Is that what that yeah, was? That's when I got Disney. Oh, okay. When I applied to Disney the fifth time, I said, this is the last fellowship I ever applied to. Really? I'm never doing this again. It's not the way I'm going to make it. Mm. <laughs> Something you know. about the energy of not giving a shit mm-hmm. that changed everything. Well, Any, Anytime I don't give a shit, like, I, I mean, I care, but I'm not <laughs> attached to the outcome. Right. That's when shit happens. Well, I told you, know? you earlier about, you know, when I came in, I came in from the festivals, right? Yeah. The Sundance, Austin, I've done all of them. Right. Scriptapalooza, fucking everything. Right. And I always tell writers now, what's your why, right? Yeah. Why are you submitting to these things? Mm-hmm. Here's why I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Two reasons. One, so I had my friend Adit read my script just in general, right? I had, you know, this person, this person, all my, 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 my core of writers who read my stuff. Yeah. Got all my notes, adjusted the script, and went. How does it fit? How does it fit in the world? Let me mm. see how it is at Austin. Mm. Ah, only made the semifinals. Okay, still need some more work, mm. right? That was my reason why. It turned mm. out, I won about twelve of them. Damn. Right? I mean, and some big ones too. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I think I made like fourteen thousand dollars or something in like in six with? years or something. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> and so, and so, I was like. I was like, that was why. Plus, it gave me confidence. Yes, that right. right. That right. for me, yeah. that's why I needed it. I was like, yeah. I needed to know, you know, that that I was being vetted by this person, this this company, whatever the thing was. <clears throat> and so for me, it gave me courage. So when I did get into the real world, yeah, you know, and start dealing with agents and managers and all the other stuff, I was yeah. like, y'all can't say shit to me, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't yeah. think I'm the best dude, but. Yeah. You know, I you got know I got some do. I got I got a couple stats over there. Yeah, I got a couple yeah. statues, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they tell me I'm playing the game. Yeah, you know what I mean. And everyone else wants someone else to approve you. Yes, right. They're always looking. That's why the fellowships are so big. It's like let them vet all these melanin enhanced people, and then right. we'll throw you know throw them in the the pit. But. Um, you know, same with agents and managers, like they're they're those gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for people of color, it's really hard to get through those gatekeepers. Yeah. It's really hard to even meet those gatekeepers. Um, a lot of people filling quotas and those sorts of things. And but we have our South Asians, so we're good. Yep. And it's like, we're not the same. Not the same at all. Like, he's from South India. I'm from North India. Like, <laughs> there's a difference, you know. But no one knows. I mean, they right. just don't know. Right. Um, anyway, that, yeah. yeah we're, we're, not, we're not a monolith, you know. I mean, no, that, that I mean, really is a key. I mean, because people hit me all the time going, hey, you know, that's one of the one of the things, uh, one of the advantages of being the co-chair of the Black Committee and the yeah. Education Committee. And I was a, you know, former chair of the um, LGBT Committee. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and... You get access to a lot of different showrunners, you know, and, and execs looking for certain writers and right, stuff. They come to you. They right? literally almost every week somebody yeah, hits me about something, you know. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> and I've referred people, and I'd say six or seven writers have gotten staffed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You tried to help me get staffed. I did. 
You and were, I will continue to you do were that. One of the you, know fir- you were maybe one of the first people to really right. do that. Thank you. And I appreciate that. I still, today. Yeah, like, but I think you're talented. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, thank you. But like, you can, people can think you're talented but not give you, you know, a, a shot. Well, here's the lesson yeah. that I've learned. You probably heard this before too. Um, the person you think is going to help you is not that person. 100%. Right. Yeah. Once you understand that, you will be a lot more relaxed in life. <laughs> That's so true. You know what I mean? That's so true. Because if that was the case, I should have been there 15 years right. ago. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm not exaggerating with that number. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been I in the industry for a long time. I know yeah. a lot of people. Yep. You know, yep. I know the gatekeepers. I know the people. Yeah. The door should have been open if that was the case. Right. Exactly. You know, what I've learned is... um, um what where I am now, where I'm in a position to be working the way that I do and make my yeah. living and stuff yeah. like that, has has I'm in such a better position now because of my experiences and because of all the things that I know. Yeah. So now like all these shows that I'm writing for these big producers, now I'm coming in as an EP. You know what I mean? So yeah. it geared me to that position. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now this could still change. All it sure. has to do is take one person and go, well, we're still know. not really, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? But 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 I'm coming in with these big wigs who are going, no, I said it and I got it in writing that I agreed to give them that. You know what I mean? Right. And that is the thing that I roll with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that helps my agents and you know my managers and whatever go, well, we're rolling with this and we can negotiate the shit if you want to, but, but this is we're, we're pushing we're for this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. We'll go here. He, yeah. don't need, he don't need to know that, but this is what we're willing, <laughs> this is what we're pushing for. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, it's all in good faith until you get it anyway. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's interesting because, like, uh, through, through the BAFTA program, so there's a thing that I always did around people I really respected. Mm-hmm. I would, like, choke. I would get catatonic. I would just act like a weirdo around like and it wasn't even famous people like people who (laughs) like i met this producer at this record producer at a party in seattle Mm -hmm. and they're like oh meet so-and-so and And i was like uh what uh and the reason was i had eight of his records that he had produced on my desk at that time Mm. and i was like i'm listening to all of your stuff to figure out how you did it and he's like oh that's so that's so nice and as soon as he he was a human being. I became a human being. Right. And that's all anyone is. So like uh, through BAFTA, I've been able to meet amazing people and I don't get nervous around them. I was w- I know? was wondering because I was talking about this the other day with Lisa, um, well, maybe a couple months ago, and, and maybe in Chris. Since I've been doing this show, <clears throat> and I think you know I also interview, pe- interview people for the Writers Guild. And oh, also, yeah, you're everywhere all the time. Also, and also when, we, when, we, when we don't have the Rona, I interview people at the Writers Guild Theater. Right. You know, um, I found because of that, and plus, you know, I've been an actor as you were. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a different thing for me. I, I'm, nobody makes me, ner- I'm not nervous. That's cool. If I'm nervous, here's when I'm nervous. I'll, <laughs> gi- I'll give you, I'll give it away. Ooh. Here's when I'm nervous. <laughs> Looks around. As I look around, <laughs> look, who's watching? <laughs> Here's when I'm nervous. So, for example, when I inter- interviewed the two guys, uh, Beck and Woods from a, The Quiet Place, right? Mm. Perfect example. So, yeah. I never met them until that night, uh-huh. right? Yeah. <clears throat> but if you saw the, the, the event, you think we were cousins. Right. Right? Right. And so, because that's my personality, Yeah. right? I meet them, and literally, I will watch the movie. I didn't read nothing. I didn't watch nothing. Nothing. 
Oh, with that. I watched cast, the movie, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, oh, that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. That's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk yeah, about yeah. that. You know what yeah. I mean? Just, yeah. you know, you interview other people. Yeah, yeah. Same shit. Yeah. And so so for me, that's when it's the most real. Like us, mm. there's nothing planned here today. No. We're just having a conversation just, with two friends, yeah. you know, enjoying ourselves. Yeah. And to me, those are the best conversations to me. Yeah. Is it's the most real. It's not like so. Uh, when you were seventeen, I saw here that you no bitch. You yeah, ain't gonna get no, that no, no. <laughs> like, when I go into an interview, I prep mm-hmm. a lot. You know, I'll read a lot about them. I'll read the material. I'll watch material. Whatever. Then I just put it out of my mind, and I walk in, sit down. I don't have notes mm-hmm. with me, and I just go off of what I retained because that's going to be the important stuff right. anyway. And that way, you can have a conversation right. and not be like. When you were eight, what made you want, you know, it's like, and you see those moderators all right. over the place and it's like, man, you're right. ruining this panel. <laughs> yeah. If you ever see me up there with a, with a list, it's, it's the way I was going with that is I probably get more nervous when I have to vent, like when I do the NAACP image award thing for the writers. Guild. Oh yeah. There's like six people. Cause now I got to go, wait, who's on the end again? <laughs> you know, it's, right, it's right. that. Who, yeah, it's that yeah. that really gets yeah. me. I know who they yeah. all are because yeah. I probably know all of them. Yeah. But it's more so like, wait a minute, where are oh, they? And Charles Murray's over there. Okay, right, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> whatever the fuck, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. That's when I start to go. Oh, okay. That's when I get just a little bit mm-hmm. like in my head. Yeah. You know, but if I have something written down, it's who's there. That's what I'm looking at. I'm like, oh, all oh, right. that person. Because sometimes you're sitting in a straight line. Yeah, and you can't, so you really can't see. see them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, I found, you know, I got to meet um, Sterling K. Brown. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking to Sterling K. Brown. Like, anyone would get nervous talking to Sterling K. Brown because he's he's cool and, Mm -hmm. you know, all those things. We're just two couple dads. Right. Just shooting the shit. Like, how's how's the Rona for you? Oh, God, these children. Like, you know, and it's (laughs) like every... Because I haven't been able to talk to very many women through that program. It's been mostly men. And, like, a lot of them are, you know, sort of older or my age. And they, we all have kids. Right. So we're all just, that's where it starts. Because we can all hear these guys in the background mm-hmm. raising hell when, you know, <laughs> two dads are trying to have a conversation. <laughs> and uh, and that was the connection point. Right. And I write about fatherhood. So, like, why not? Right. You know, that's it just good. all comes full circle. Um, and I'm not pretentious. Right. And I actually, I just tell them how much of a fan I am of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not embarrassed to do it. I just like, it might sound cheesy, but I've been a fan of yours since Army Wives. And he like mm-hmm. fell out of his chair. He's like, Army <laughs> Wives? I was like, yep. And I told everybody, this cat is the cat to mm-hmm. watch. And I wrote your name down mm-hmm. with like Luis Guzman and a few other people who are <laughs> tight, who are great. And uh, and he was like, he like felt it. Mm-hmm. He he was like, you you mean that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I do. They know. And that's, that's where I, I remember we interviewed... Um, me and Chris, I brought him in with me. We interviewed um, Steve uh, uh, McQueen here. In my, I he met sat Steve right McQueen. There. I met Steve McQueen. Yeah, too. he sat right there in that chair. <laughs> <clears throat> and and he came. He'd been interviewing all day. It was he on a Saturday. He, he was so like, can we make sure we get over this pretty quick? You know what I mean? I'm not in the mood. Right? Like full on. Oh, yeah. And in 20 minutes, we were high-fiving and having a ball. He was, oh. And I was like, 30 minutes in, I was like, you okay? He was like, keep going, Matt. You're all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we just kept going another half hour. He's like, yeah. eh. But then he looked back at his assistant. She was like, well, we got to go. And he was like, yeah. ah. Like, I'm having a ball. Like how he, did you, how did you, you're a Steve McQueen whisperer. How did you do that? Uh, that was a writer's guild. Oh, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, how did you get him on your side? Um, I think it usually comes because... 
I usually tell them something. I can't remember what happened that particular day. I was like mm. two years ago or something. But it was, it was, it usually happens when, here's usually when it happens. I usually tell them offline. So mm. here's how my show works. Okay. Right. I'll say this. So, you know, that first hour, half hour in the, in the writer's room, everybody's just talking and having a good time. That's my show. And then we start talking about you. Oh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I said, but what I hate is, so tell me, you know, where you come, where you from, and how'd you got into the game? Oh, you know, I moved to New York, and then, and, you yeah, know, yeah, I got, yeah. got an agent, and I'm like, uh, 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 no, bitch. I know, I don't. How? <laughs> how, not the what. Right? Yeah. I said, my show is the how. Mm-hmm. I said, those are the ones who are going to sit in there and listen and soak up that game. Yeah. Tell us how it happened in yeah. the real hard shit. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I can go there. I was like, fucking let's go there. He's yeah. like, brilliant. You yeah. know what I mean? And we were in. You yeah. know? So so that's that's how I get most of them. We just start talking. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you see Chris and I start talking for six minutes before we even introduce the guest sometime or Chris and Lisa, <laughs> you know? So we we're just like, hey, we just talk. I'm over here, man. Yeah, you yeah. got it. <laughs> yeah. Steve McLean's funny. We met him through BAFTA and mm-hmm. it was strange because it's over Zoom mm-hmm. and so there's like, you know, twenty faces and right. Steve McQueen and you know, I asked you know, I asked a couple of questions. Like he just wasn't feeling me at all. <laughs> and and I was asking about how you sort of maintain your your balance and your strength when you are a person of color dealing with like really heavy issues, but mm. you're sort of surrounded by a lot of people who don't have that experience. And like, what do you, and he's like, you just fucking do it. You just, like, that you sounds just, just like, like, like yeah. and then he called me a name and I was like, all right, this is the best story <laughs> now ever. And I had a screen, I have a screenshot of the moment really? That's when he funny. called me a name and, uh, and it's kind of, I'm going to frame it. I'm going to print it and frame it and just be like, <laughs> that's the time. Cause literally he's the only person right. who I had any sort of like tension with mm. everybody else been rat. I mean, uh, Armando Iannucci mm-hmm. and I are kicking it. Like forget it. Like all these cats, they don't, they don't have any pretense. They're just, they're just out there doing what they do. I guess I've found. He's also I I sense probably just a moody person. He's a moodier person. Yeah, I mean he's sort of known for someone who doesn't like to do interviews. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean it's like so it's, yeah. It's yeah I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't take that personal. No, no, I, did, I didn't. I, I um, thought it was hilarious actually. Yeah, I mean he probably doesn't even remember. It. You know, he's no. literally. No. It's not important. I will never forget it because it's <laughs> it's like top three right. story, like Hollywood, like Hollywood stories of when people didn't like me. It's like Bill Shatner, <laughs> him, Shatner yeah, oh yeah, funny. and uh, who's the third? Oh, uh, well, this is my fault, but I have a Woody Harrelson moment from Austin. <laughs> that was all me. Tell us about what happened. Okay, all right. So you know Austin, mm-hmm. Austin Film Festival. Is about drinking pretty much. It, like everybody's at the bar, drinking, just boom, boom, hanging like, out with Craig Mason. That's right. Like you know, Paul mm-hmm. Beans, you know, everyone's hanging around. Mm-hmm. And I was at one of the venues. You know, I don't remember it, so that means I was doing it right. <laughs> and I was pretty. I was pretty. Like I used to. You know, I used to drink quite a bit back mm-hmm. in the day. And uh, and I just seen Zombieland. Uh oh. And I fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. And I was like holding court telling my <laughs> friends how good it was. And I was acting out. To <clears throat> and Woody Harrelson walks be- uh, behind me. He's like walking behind me. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, high as fuck, I bet. And everyone's <laughs> not, like, not as he- tall as you thought he was. Either. No, but, but he feels <clears throat> like he's 10 feet tall, 10 feet right. wide. Okay. Like he has a aura. energy that, mm-hmm. which, which explains everything <laughs> and, and, like his roles. It explains mm-hmm. why he gets these particular roles because when he walks in, when he auditions for stuff, they were just mm-hmm. like, 
I don't okay. think you auditions for anything. No, no. But you, like, if you have to do a, a chemistry test, right, or like, right, you're right. gonna just feel whatever when you meet with him okay. over coffee. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna feel it. So, uh, you know, I'm three sheets. He's high. I turn and I, I put my hands on him, which you don't do Ooh, to people. Wow. But I was so excited to see him. I was like, Woody, you killed it in Zombieland. I just like, get, I was sincere and he mm. thought I was making fun of him oh, and he no. was about to punch me in the really? face. And then everyone was like, no, no, no. Adip doesn't mean it. He, he really was just telling us about how much he loves Zombieland. It's not a thing. And he looks at me and goes, and he walks off. Wow. I was like, yes. <laughs> and when they told me the story the next day, I was like, cool. I mean, it wouldn't Funnier so you didn't remember me. it. <laughs> I didn't remember all the details. I, I remember like I didn't remember touching him, and they're like, "You put your hands on his shoulders." I was like, "Oh no, really? I did." Oh, he should have decked me, man. So yeah, yeah. I'm like crossing the line, one on one. You know, that's. <clears throat> I don't like to hide my enthusiasm, and sometimes I get carried away. Only when I'm, you know, at Austin. And it's funny. I don't know. I can't think of anybody that I could meet in Hollywood. And I, there's lots of people that I would be a fanboy about. Yeah. But I, if they walked in here, I'd be like, oh, man, good to meet you. But I don't know what it is. Yeah. I, I, I have this thing. Um, oh, I was telling my husband this the other day. So I'm on the negotiating committee at the Writers Guild yeah, right now. right. For the for next time. Right. And so oh, we're, we we're out. to talk about that. Huh? We're out, we're, so we're trying to decide, you know, who's going to be the next whatever. Right. And three minutes in, I'm looking at, all these, you know, high level writers and yeah. I'm just going and I started having a little bit of that um what do you call it? Like imposter syndrome? For just a second. Really? I had it. And I was I, like, what the fuck? Like oh, yeah. I literally was like, what the fuck? And then I was next to talk about who I thought should be. And I said and I and I was like <laughs> I stuttered for a second. I went, Oh, um, um I was like, fuck it. And I went, So look, let me tell you guys. Those of you who know me, yeah. I keep it 100. I'm right. going to keep it 100. Yep. I was like, in this yep. climate, this is why I have this list. And boom. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, totally oh. agree with Hillary. Oh, right? yeah. And what I found is whenever I step back into me, I feel just as equal as fucking, mm. you know, Damon Lindelof or whoever the fuck. Yeah. I could sit right next to him. Yeah. talking. And I remember last year we had a, we had another big big meeting or something we were on zoom and i get this ping and it was it was lindloff and i was like oh <laughs> shit he's like man i loved the article you guys put out last year but when i was like you fucking read it you know for a second i was like oh shit i was like calm down bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's like yeah man uh yada 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 yeah, you know what i mean yeah. and i was like oh okay he knows his brother's name yeah That's what's up right yeah. and so so little things like that have, yeah. have, have helped me like i'll get it for a second and then i always go you're just as equal as them yeah I, People just don't know your name like that. Right. Yeah. It's it's not, yeah. Right. It, it, they're not associating you with like some um, watershed moment in television. Right. Right. You know, you're not the lost <clears throat> guy, but you will be whatever right. that is for you. I had a Lindelof conversation this week. They, their BAFTA was like, yeah, Damon, we'll meet, we'll meet with you. And I was like, oh, cool. I've seen him speak like nine times. And <laughs> I've met him several times because I used to go to all, I go to every panel because right. right. I just like it because mm. I'm a panel nerd. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'll talk, yeah, of course I'll talk to Damon. Like, mm-hmm. I just play it cool. And then, you know, they just told me some names that I just couldn't be cool anymore. And I was just like <laughs> flying around and, um, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a – it's good to get in that place where you're, you're in yourself and you're present and you say, I belong here. Like, right. I belong – I deserve a seat at this table. Because I think as soon as you question that, 
other people question it. And then yeah. you sort of get knocked but, off. But you just hit it on the nose, though. You're talking about Woody's energy that he yeah. walked. Yeah. They, I always use Lena Waithe as a great example because uh-huh. I'll never forget when Lena was, you know, coming up. Yeah. She's the same person she was back then. Like, she, you knew that bitch was going to make it. Oh, like yeah. She had that fucking that confidence. Thing? Yeah. You know what Crazy. I mean? Perfect, perfect, yeah. perfect um, example. And people tell me I have that thing too. And I don't, I don't feel like I walk in the door with it quite that way. But I do find myself walking in going, I feel like I'm important though. Like in mm-hmm. my head, mm-hmm. you know, I literally roll with that in my in my mm-hmm. universe. You yeah. know, the way I dress, the way yeah. I look, whatever the fuck the thing is at the time, yeah. I do that shit intentionally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like all it's all like planned. If you mm. if you want to say, you know, like it reminds it's, me it's, back it's when it's like part of your process or something. it's part of my process. Yeah. Like I remember when I first started coming out, I used to wear these shirts that said "Got Script," right? Oh, but yeah. I had them yeah. all designed differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody had that same little, that you know, little courier font. Yeah. I had them in horror. I had them in thrill. <laughs> I had a, I had a friend of mine who had a a, a shop. Oh, so yeah. he designed all nice. these different styles for me. So that was everybody's like, oh, you're the guy who wears the got script things, right? You know, mm-hmm. so I kind of like yeah. had that thing. Yeah. And so, so I tell younger writers now, like, find whatever your thing is. You I know, mean, don't just be a person in the audience. I got lamp chop sideburns. Yeah. We've always, I, you know, not, I keep thinking about growing my back. I just like <laughs> walk in and they're like, you're the only person in a five mile radius of right. cyber. So, and I, you know, I thought about getting rid of them and people's like, that's your signature. Like you, it's the mutton chops. You, it's all you know? good. Yeah. It's all good. And I'm like, you know what? I like them and they give me confidence and you know, I like looking like Wolverine and that's cool. <laughs> I don't care. Like, I just don't give a shit what people think about like what I'm wearing or how I look like uh, any moment I've had weak moments where I was like oh I need to like fit in or I need to I mean even recently and it's like why are you doing that that's not you if you if you want to like you know you want to hang with them and you feel like you have to sort of you know attenuate yourself like sure but like you still have to be you the minute you stop being you that's when you lose all your power see I think we were talking about you know we'll, we'll wrap this up we were talking about when I came into the whole, you know, punk rock scene. Yeah. You know, it was it was a different time. Yeah. I remember we would be on the on on University Avenue. We'd be in San Francisco. We'd be at a club, and kids would walk in. We'd be handing out fashion citations, like ah, like they yes. they were not wearing it right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I still I still roll some time with that in my head. Yeah, yeah. About about you know. There's certain images and things, especially around that scene in particular. Yeah, you know, like I'll see somebody. I'm like, oh no, they didn't. They bought that on Melrose. That wasn't even right. That that wasn't even right. Now Melrose yeah. is a shit. I get all my shit there, but but I yeah, can tell. I, I can tell. <laughs> if, I can tell if it's store bought or if you made it unique yourself. Which gets if that you, makes sense. Which gets you way more points, right? If you make that shit yourself. Yeah, yeah. I can't make per- anything. Perfect example. <clears throat> so about I don't know. It must have been like 15 years ago. My nephew, who lives here now, mm. came into town. He's a hip-hop guy. You know, grew up in the neighborhood we did. So mm. he came, you know, I took him the Melrose and bought him some Tims and all that shit, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just spent a grip on him. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and we're walking around, <laughs> and um, this little punk rock kid walks by. I think he had green or blue hair, nails, sneakers, like the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. And my nephew, I could see he was looking at him like, what the fuck? Like, is he doing and I'm thinking, oh, he didn't grow up with me when I was there. Right, exactly. Right. So I said, so he, the kid had stopped, like, yeah. I don't I don't even know if he had a cell phone at the time, but yeah. he stopped doing something. Uh-huh. He was at the corner. I said, let me tell you something. I said, let me, let's take a look real quick. 
So we look at my man. I says, let's take a look at his outfit. And he was like, what? I said, roll with me. I said, okay. So let's start from his hair and work his way down. I yeah. described everything, uh-huh. right? The jeans he, he has, or, yeah. you know, boom. You yeah. know, see see how he's got the laces going, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Perfect little this. Yep. See the green against the green on the, and then yep. the green belt and the yep. green. And he was like, I said, look closely. My man put put time into this. That's right. What did you do? You put on some Tim's, you a long ass thing. shirt, yep. and, a, and, and some big ass baggy ass jeans. Yeah. You think that yeah. is stylish? Yeah. And he was like, I didn't even think about it like that. And yep. I was like, exactly. I, yeah, yeah, I was that kind of cat. Right. Too. I was like, he you probably know. bought all that for less than one pair of your boots you have on. Totally. Right. Yeah. I did the thrift <clears throat> store vintage thing before. Mm-hmm. Pe- I mean, I just I, didn't, I had two dollars, and I'm like, mm-hmm. my mom's not gonna. You could do a lot with two back in the day. Back in the day, you could, <laughs> exactly. Like you could be, get everything, but mm-hmm. yeah, I was like always really conscious, and I still am. Like. What are my kicks doing mm. against my shirt? And, you know, <laughs> like even my sunglasses, like, mm. yeah. Uh, like I changed a couple times today just to come see you. Like I had a purple <laughs> shirt on that had a, like a, had a tuna on it with mm. a unicorn horn on it that my, my kids got me for Christmas. It's like a tuna corn. But I was like, I don't know. It, it's kind of weird. So I just wore my, you know, rocket surgery <laughs> shirt. Hilarious. And uh, yeah, I mean, fashion is like confidence. Fashion is, like I'm gonna wear this, mm-hmm. and and I know why I'm wearing it. Yeah, if you wear it with purpose, yeah. it comes across. It could be, yeah. be anything. If you wear it with purpose, yeah. it's the shit. Yeah, you know, because if you if you didn't understand Boy George's style when he first came out, Boy you'd be like, shit. "What the fuck is he wearing?" But he walked in such confidence. She was like, "I want to get one of them." I will wrap <laughs> you know a mean? scarf around yes. every part of my, like <laughs> I listen to Culture Club. Like oh, my, I lo- my, it was my, my first album I ever had oh, was yeah, Culture Club. I have that album. <laughs> you know uh, my my daughter loves cult, like three year old mm. rocks the Culture Club right. all the time. Right. You know we have to play it at dinner like <laughs> choral mix and you know mm-hmm. here come the Culture Club. Love it. But she's she has good taste for three. I mean she's oh sorry she's a like K pop. Fine young cannibals. Oh, nice. Like, uh, Good taste. French pop. Like, okay. she's she's got it, you know. Mm-hmm. And she can get a sound on a trumpet at three. I got her a trumpet for her birthday, that's and nice. it's like a sixty-five dollar trumpet that's mm-hmm. plastic, but they they have like functioning <laughs> valves. It clearly works, though. Right? Yeah, oh, she's good. She's like, I'm hearing from the cross. I'm like, who was that? Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it, my kids are very confident. Do you have two of them now, right? Yeah, I have two. They're both very fashionable people. Just, I don't know why, but you all married now, kids and shit, got a house. <laughs> I know, feels, but you know, it, that's what I always wanted. Hey, well, that's you know, good. that yeah. was like what I always wanted because I wanted to have a corrective experience. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm gonna be the dad that I mm-hmm. didn't have, and I, I want to be, and I make so many mistakes. I'm like, God damn, I was doing so well, and then I got mad. You know, never, never, not gonna stop. Is never like, not gonna <laughs> no. stop? Yeah, so uh, yeah, they'll it, it they'll appreciate sense. both of them when they get older. They'll be like, yeah. we had this and we had this. Yeah, we didn't yeah. like when he did that, but we loved it when he did this more. Yes, and you know? and it's it's pretty clear which one they prefer because <laughs> <laughs> everybody hates. You know, you know, I I can be super grumpy if especially if I've had like eighteen you know no's in one day or mm-hmm. like two days, and it kind of takes you down a little yeah. bit. Um, and then you realize like what's important. You look around and go. I got these girls. Speaking speaking yeah. of nose, yeah. before we were, what's what's next for you? What you got going on? Anything you could talk about? Uh, not there's nothing. I mean, I signed with a new manager okay. yesterday. Oh, good. Yeah, uh, which is cool. I'm excited mm-hmm. about them. 
took me six months to kind of decide. I, mm-hmm. I used to decide using my my logical brain, and now <laughs> Do you I have decide one? off gut. Did you buy it on eBay? Where'd you get it from? <laughs> <laughs> I got it at a thrift store. It was 25 cents. Um, yeah, so I went with my gut on this one, mm-hmm. and we'll see. You know, we'll see how it goes. Because I always tell everybody, you know, like when I signed with my my reps, I was like, I mean, they came after me. And that's what I wanted. I wanted somebody who's like, hey, I mean, I remember sitting here in my office yeah. writing on a script, and boom, I was like, UTA, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Like, is that a bill? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, I ain't answering that bill. <laughs> and then I listened to it like 20 minutes later, and right. it was like, hey, my moment. I was yeah. like, this ain't real. What the fuck? Right. You know? Yeah. But when I talked to him, this motherfucker has seen my some of my movie stuff that I put out, listened to like 12 episodes of my podcast. Like oh, he was on his shit. And I was like, that's respect. Okay. That's what I want. I want somebody who, and he's like, I'm going to make you an EP. You know what I mean? That's your thing. I Day know one, it. He said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was like, you're already on that path. So everything we need to do is to gear you in that yeah, way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was my thing. And yeah. of course I said, I got to bring in my girl. And he was like, well, let me meet her. And then they met, and he was like, bet. He reps yep. her, too. Yep. Okay, that's cool. Yep. So separately and together. That mm-hmm. makes it nice and clean. Yeah, and she's got her own projects. I got my own projects. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's a, I think that's a big misnomer about representation, that like you should chase representation. You should get to the point where representation is chasing you. They and should that's be coming how you after know you. you're at the point where you need representation. <clears throat> right. Because before that, you probably don't need it. Yeah, I mean, you know? I mean a lot of people think they do, but I'm going to yeah. tell you, all the jobs that I have right now that are paying or or anything, yeah. we got. Same here. You know, I yeah. just we just forward to him and let him negotiate it right. and do it right. Right. And that's the that's the best way to do it because yeah. now we're in the system of the system. everything that's going on. I'm like, yeah. it's worth it's worth that ten percent for me. It is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. I think it's. I mean, it's so nice when you get to the point where work comes to you. Yep. Um, after hustling for a fucking billion years and. You're like, all right, oh, someone's just calling me and saying, hey, do you want to write an episode of this? And I'm like, okay, well, what do I have to do? They're like, nothing, you're, you're going to get the episode. And I was like, just like that? Yep. You know, and mm-hmm. you, do the wor- you do the work. You still got to do the work. You still got to do the work. Yeah, you you got to do your research. It. You got to yeah. do Yeah, and I always overwork. And so, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, if it's like a writer's summit, right. I'll come in, like, they want you to have five ideas, I have 20, you know. Um, they want you to have 20 jokes, I have 80. You know, it's like, right. that's how I do it because... That works for me. It, it gives Just me the that. confidence coming to like, yeah. you can knock the first 15 off this. And I yeah. still have five more ready, you know? Right. And see, that's why I always tell everybody, like, you get that showrunner meeting. I I read through the script and actually took notes at the same time. <clears throat> because for me, it helps me. It's almost like highlighting. You know, when you highlight, you read it twice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I kind of do that. So you read my scripts, they're like all yellow. You oh, know what wait, I mean? Your own stuff? You no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even in, in a PDF, like I'll yeah. just be highlighting things okay. and oh, whatever. Yeah. Or I'll just write like a note like, oh, this this reminds me when I was 12 when this thing happened. Oh, like when you're reading other scripts. When script, I'm reading like, other scripts oh, yeah, for, yeah. you know, yeah, like yeah, to, yeah. For, staff to staff or anything. Yeah, I do the same. You know thing. what I mean? Or yeah. to go meet with, you know, on, a, on an assignment. So yeah. if I read yeah. it and I take notes yeah. in it for myself, even if I never go back and look at it, I wrote it once. So it's there. It's there. Yeah. As opposed to going, oh, I'm going to remember that. No, you're not. You're not. No, <laughs> you know, you're not. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's one of the tricks that I always do. Yeah. There's another there's another thing that comes up all the time, and I think a few few people were do- talking about this on Twitter this mm-hmm. week. 
but it's like when when you go to a meeting and they're like what are you watching and you're just like blank completely and i you know i keep a running list mm-hmm. and so before every meeting i look it over and i go okay these are the fresh ones right. and then when i go in the meeting i always ask i ask everybody like what are you watching because when you're like even if you're pitching your own stuff mm-hmm. you know like may you may or may not like get anything out of this pitch meeting but right. if you find out what their taste is then you right. know what to bring next time right you know and i found that 99% of the time most execs are watching whatever the hottest thing is always you can always get away with that it's Whatever just, the hottest thing is, just say yeah. you're watching you're like, it. Are you watching uh, you know, Flight Attendant? Yeah, and be on it. Though. I mean, make oh, sure you've you seen know. it. Just you gotta, watch the pilot. Yeah. You know, yeah. I always tell everybody, watch the pilot to everything that's hot. You'll I be agree. Good. Yeah, you should. I mean, there are, I mean, but there's so many. That's the hard part But now. But you can still be up, you know, as much. Yeah. As, and at least watch the fucking trailer. You can at least get a gist yeah. of what it is. Yeah. I mean, you know? I think... Have, yeah, a, have and, a day of trailers and just be in it. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just, especially like if you get a meeting at some network that you don't watch as much. Yeah. I'm just trailering all day, just watching that's and see smart. what's what. And I may never even use it, but I walk in, like you said, with the power that I could have that conversation if they yeah. talk about anything. I'm like, I yeah. love what you guys are doing on that show. Yeah. That style right there is me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or whatever the thing is, but you can at least have a conversation. You yeah. Know what I mean? but, yeah. I think preparation is a really big part of right. these meetings and and people are kind of lazy. It's Very. surprising how many people don't do any any research. But one thing I learned meeting these heavies, they researched me yep. and they come in like, Oh, tell us about, you know, when you're, you know, a trumpet player on the road. And I'm mm-hmm. like, How do you know about that? They're like we looked you up. Like, mm-hmm. we Googled your ass. There's some shit on Google, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Oh, I know. I have exactly. tons of shit. And, uh, <laughs> but I'm not embarrassed by anyway, because it's mm-hmm. all, like, who I am. Right. Um, but, it like, when someone researches you, when they meet with you, before they meet with you, that's respect. And I think people forget that. Yeah. It's not stalking. It's, it's like, who am I going to be speaking with? They're a complete stranger to me. Let me learn a little bit about them, because I can. But, and come in, like, <clears throat> on the I, second layer I wonder you know. if it's a generation thing. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you how many writers I've met. This is pre-Rona, by the way. Pre-Rona, yeah. yeah. Who would come in my office. I probably have five or six younger writers come in. Mm-hmm. I'll say emerging writers because some of them are older. Sure. Um, come into my office and just for a talk, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for every five, three haven't looked me up. They've heard me on my podcast or something. So three out of five. Haven't, haven't looked me up, right? And and how I can tell, because I'll be talking about something, yeah. and I'll be like, and they're just going, hey, you know, that, that, no, that blank look. Yeah, and I'll say, you haven't looked me up, have you? Yeah. I know, I figured when yeah. we talk, we get to know each other yeah. and stuff, and I was like, going, and I'll say this. Mm. I'll say, okay, if that's the case, do this. So you came in, <laughs> we said we set our highs, mm-hmm. I offered you some water, yeah. Which you should have taken, by the way, right? Yeah, you take the in water. general. Yeah, <clears throat> because it gives you something, something yeah. to do, right? I brought my own. So right, no, I'm generalizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, general, so yeah. I said, but in the time that I would have gotten you a water, you could have just looked around and went, "Oh, this dude's interesting." Taking all the stuff. Do you see all the shit I got all yeah, over the place? Yeah, I mean, so There's awful. so much so character. Much There's so about. much character in here that you can't pull from any of this. I mean. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. So like anyway, there's, so... There's a, like, I came in, I was like, hey, mm-hmm. you got a Doctor Who lunchbox. Right, box, right. Know? So like, we could have had, had a whole conversation about that oh, yeah. if I was like Mr. Who. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Which I could have been, but you don't you know. 
Right? You know what I mean? I, I thought the panel was were. awesome. But, well, <laughs> I was yeah, like, it's tight. I would you know steal I mean? it from you. But, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, the preparation thing, like I'll get I'll get the cold uh, Facebook messages or the mm-hmm. DMs where it's like, I would really like to be a TV writer. Can you tell me how oh, to do it? God. And I'm like, you didn't <clears throat> bother to look me up at all because you know that like I have two kids and I mm-hmm. run a thing and I write and I do mm-hmm. all these things. Like you didn't really respect my time. Mm-hmm. You just came in hot asking for stuff. I mean, I get kids like college kids are like, want me to do their assignments for them basically. <laughs> like, like I'm doing an assignment on TV writing and will you like do all this? And I'm like, I just don't, I don't have the time to teach you. I, I got two kids already. I got to teach them. Here's, here's the thing that bothers me about that question. I get it a lot, you know, from oh, having the podcast. You, you get it, yeah. and, and, and I will say this, and I say this on my show all the time. Yeah. Don't ask me that question, right? This is where you get... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know me. I'm the sweetest dude in the world, but this oh, yeah. is where you get me going very, you know, I become daddy little, going, little no. Sp- yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Especially not today. Like when you and I first started writing 15, 20 years ago, we didn't have the internet like you did now. No. Now you have fucking it's YouTube University. All, all you have to do is punch in that same question you asked me yeah. and six people will go, chapter one. <laughs> you know what I mean? You want to know it's how every- to write a script? Want to know how to pitch? Blah, blah. It's all there. Do masterclass. Sean you know what I mean? Like, it's all there. It's all there. What I want you to do is go, hey, so I just watched this show on Shonda, blah, 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 blah. I just watched his masterclass. I took a class of Pilar. Mm-hmm. Whatever the thing I is, did, did, yeah. what do you think? That's the person I want to help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I did this thing. Now I want to do the next, next thing. thing. What do you think? Curiosity. Not how do I? Yeah. I literally just did it with my sister and my niece. Okay. <laughs> if I'm going to tell them, yeah. I'm going to tell you. You yeah. better believe. Yeah. 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 You know, my, my little niece is gorgeous, tall, just perfect model. Yeah. How do I get her to model? I was like, we're having this conversation again. <laughs> I literally, I was like, really? You live in, you live in Sacramento. Oh, you're you like 30 minutes from, from San Francisco, 45 minutes. I mean, we lived about the same distance. I took the bus when I was 12 to San Francisco to audition for commercial stuff mm. by myself. Mm-hmm. Dad didn't even know what was going on. All of a sudden, yeah. I'm getting checks. They're like, what the yeah. fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 16, you got to be wanting to do it. You do. Like 16, 17, <clears throat> I, yeah. I drove the family van. They're like, here's the car that you can use. And I was like, cool. And I would drive to Berkeley. Mm-hmm. I would play trumpet on the street, make mm-hmm. some money sleep in the van like I did that wow. whole thing and it, and it like it teaches you a lot about yes. yourself and uh, and it's like I'm passionate about music I'm gonna go do this crazy thing always had great adventures yeah. you know and that's what we're here for story and, and that's what I told my sister I was yeah. like I was, she was like well you know Jade wants to do this and this is and, and I was like well tell to? her to call me why are you calling me yeah you know what I mean? That makes no sense to me. I need to know she wants to do it. Yeah, she needs to. This I can't mean, be your dream. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I'll get things like um, my boyfriend is really interested in this or that. And I'm like, well, then have him contact me. But you know what? <laughs> exactly. Don't contact me. Yeah. No, when I he's mean, done in some, my head, it's that. When he's done some homework. Yeah. But I'm sweet as, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm sweet as pie. So I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, it's a tough business and, you know, blah, whatever. And sometimes I I'm, I get a thing and I'm like, oh, why do I, why am I'm not. I don't want to help this person. And then I realize who I am and mm-hmm. I go, you're going to help them anyway. Just fucking do it. We are, we are very much the same. <laughs> you know, I'm reading a script when you came in, I'm reading a script right now that I yeah. said I wasn't going to read anybody's right. scripts while I'm fit, <laughs> right. you know, two this week already. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm sitting here reading a script going, why am I reading the script? This is so boring to me. You know, whatever the thing is, yeah. but, and I'm just giving them notes, giving them notes. I was like, but when they come out, they're going to be so much better with these notes. Mm-hmm. I can't help it. Like I want them 
to be yeah. better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like you could charge for that and I could charge for what I'm, you know, but like yeah. we're not gonna for that. Yeah, we have it on our podcast, you know, that we, you know, you can do it for whatever amount of money it is. Yeah. And I'm like, I probably have done three and I'm like, yeah. I feel so bad about even charging them. Whatever, but <laughs> I don't feel know. bad about charging people because I look at my bills and I go, hey, you have it, you know, <laughs> you're gonna, uh, on a show in a minute. So like, you gotta, you know, you gotta do your thing. But right. um, yeah, you know, we're out here doing it you and i in particular do a lot for other yes. people yes and have for a long time a very long time my whole my entire career has been me helping people yeah you me know too. that's kind of how i started the podcast is we used to do we used to teach at the organization of black screenwriters oh yeah mm-hmm. and i would just get up there and do a presentation you know that's how yeah. i met pilar yep. you know all those yeah, people yeah, yeah. and i would do a whole presentation and here's how i you know sold the script or here's mm-hmm. how i got a script at sundays here yeah. and i did whatever and i would just tell them the truth you know what I mean? Yeah, and, you were one of the few. Yeah, yeah, and and that's how. And I was like, I need a I need a bigger place where I could really give people game. And plus, mm-hmm. it's you know very, you know, black folks are very churchy, so a lot of the rules are very like, oh, don't curse. And I'm like, we fucking writers. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, so I was like always like catching myself about yeah. to curse or whatever. I was like, yeah. I can't teach like this. You know, it was driving me crazy. Yeah. So so me and Lisa, we both were mm-hmm. teaching there. I was like, we're we're doing this podcast thing. You know, we yeah. just started and we dropped 358, Dang. I think. Wow. You know, probably is closer to 400, but I have a lot Dang. of, I have a lot of bonuses I didn't even count. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, so. Bonus. Yeah. When I teach, <clears throat> I, I, I teach at Sundance and day one, I go, okay, I'm not like a regular professor. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not a regular teacher. So if you don't like F-bombs, then pick somebody else. Like, and I, I like email them before class starts so they have the chance to like pick right. somebody else. Right. And they never do. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they, they want to after. But the thing is like I, I tell everyone like we're the same. We're writers. I'm not above you. Mm-hmm. You're not below me. We're all here to learn from each other. And so there's no hierarchy here. And so I let them give each other notes first. Then I come in and if they haven't covered it, then I will pontificate. Mm. Uh, quickly and, uh, and I feel this is more like a writer how a writer's room should be yeah and I always know? say that it should and it should feel you know just like that you know um, like I said you were talking earlier about my guests here and stuff you know and this this show is all about you know it, it was inspired from the writer's room you mm-hmm. know what I mean where mm-hmm. after we'd be at OBS we'd be all standing outside in the parking lot talking yeah. about you know this we'd be doing yeah. the writer's room this you know what I mean yeah, and so I was like yeah we used to go off on these fucking rants, you yeah. know? What would you call yourself? A screenwriter's <laughs> rant room? I mean, yeah. easily, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And so yeah. literally, like, that's where it came from. But yeah. um, anyway, well, yeah. I'm going to let you go. Yeah. My husband's like, where you at? So, but thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. you coming by. Thanks this was fun, me, buddy. Man. Yeah. It was good. We talked a little music. Yeah, we got into stuff. Yeah, got into some background, a little yeah. comedy, a little outline stuff. Yeah. I mean, shit. Yeah. Um, I always learn from you. Oh, you learn whenever from me? I, Whenever oh, I see you speak, hear you speak somewhere, I'm like, Taking notes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That's good to know. All the time. Huh. That's why I always text you. I'm like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I saw your face. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if Hill's there, then it gives it gives the proceedings some respect is what, how I look at it. Because It's, it's you funny know. you say that because I do notice that like I go on, um, I've been on Clubhouse twice this week just because I promised somebody that I would. Right. <clears throat> but I haven't been on for like a oh, month. Yeah, I haven't been on and, a month. And, and, but when I do, people are like, oh, Hillary's here. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. everybody's like fucking, if he, if he hadn't speaks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, 
Oh, I yeah. guess I guess I'm doing something out here. And you people are like you real. give real game you when you speak. <laughs> yeah, you're one of the few. Like I you think know. you know I do too, and um, and sometimes you don't want to like we give a little tough love too, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like you're not really helping yourself. Right. X Y Z. Right. Take a look at what you're doing, and right. you know because we've self reflected so much. You know we can say with author- some authority like. This is a blind spot yeah. that we all have, you know, or whatever it is. Really quick before I let yeah. you go, I forgot when when does the um, Disney Fellowship end? When when do they stop accepting, or is it still going on for a it, while? Or I think it's June tenth. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure because it came out late okay. this year. Uh, it's all you know. It's all on their on mm-hmm. their Facebook and okay. um, yeah. Do your yeah. homework. So. <laughs> yeah, like because I don't need to do it. Yeah. I, I'm looking at different things. So. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, for anyone's going to apply, you know, like don't don't skimp on that personal statement. That's what people end up doing, right. and rewrite the shit out of that until you have it bulletproof and mm-hmm. have people read it. You know. Right. Yeah, that's cool. what I'll leave you with. Thanks, man. Yeah. So, where can people follow you at? Where are you at? Um, <clears throat> Everywhere I'm at Adip because my name is so weird. Spell it for A A D I P, and uh, yeah, everywhere but Clubhouse. Clubhouse, I couldn't get you couldn't get my own name. name. Somebody Just else had it. No, I literally have at Adip at everything, right? Except for Clubhouse. Huh. Interesting. So, so there was re- there, was there another one? Isn't that usually the reason? But I didn't. I couldn't find the other guy. The guy who has huh. it. Um, so it must be there's an organization of like architects right. that's AADIP um, and maybe they nabbed it because they kind of beat me to stuff but uh, yeah so I'm you, the you real, have a deep doc, uh, you have, have a deep, deep decide. Com. Com, no right? I have a deep dot com really yeah so somebody had a decide on it already or what no I just wanted I just wanted my first name okay. I don't need my last name okay. really I'm like okay. you know share <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like who's cool who's cool Hello. yeah um, yeah, so I have the added deep at most things, and then Clubhouse is the real deep, I guess. And right. I was feeling, feeling myself, I guess. Awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Clubhouse and Instagram. Same bullshit. Um, yeah. <laughs> at Hilliard Guest. Um, also, follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Please give, give us a five star review. On iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, whatever you guys listen to, we're everywhere, you know, all over the world, every state, <laughs> like everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, easy to find us, you know, please follow us. Yeah. Um, please go on our Patreon page. It's on our, I think you can get it through our screenwritersrr.com um, website. <clears throat> we're redoing the website right now, but um, I think it's still up there. I think it's there. I think I saw it is there. It? Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. not sure. I know Chris is doing something to yeah. it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, anyway so lot, lots of really good stuff going on hopefully we'll see you guys soon next week is big holiday this is probably going to drop this is going to drop the following Monday oh cool yeah um, so yeah stuff like that um, I think anything else anyway shout out to Chris and Lisa um, what else yeah that's it for now so yeah man thanks yeah. buddy yeah, this man. was awesome thanks, again man. appreciate having you yeah anytime um, I gotta call up Pilar one of these days <laughs> I keep saying I'm going to and I just Time just be zoomed by. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I know. Anyway, I yeah. saw I saw the photo she posted. Did you see it? Where she finally saw her her her. Oh yeah. Oh my god, that was so. I mean, cute. I've known those like, kids since they were like little super tiny, young, like, <laughs> like my kids' age. Right. And actually, all, a lot of my kids' toys are from Pilar. 
Oh, really? Like anytime they, her they inherited kids would grow it? out of stuff, That's my kids would, would get them. So our house was covered in Pilar <laughs> uh, toys. It's really funny. Awesome. Well, joining with me for Wakanda Forever. Yeah. You know how we do it on the rant room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it water deep. Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Yeah. Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the rain room. Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room. This episode of the Screenwriter's Rant Room is brought to you by the Tyrota Finish Line Social Impact Script Competition. It's back for a second year in a row. The competition will again celebrate film and television scripts that seek to raise awareness and inspire change regarding urgent issues with critical relevance across our society now, such as racial, gender, or economic inequality, climate change, drug addiction, the broken foster care system, gun violence, and much more. The competition especially encourages submissions from historically underrepresented writers. The Tyrota Finish Line Script Competition runs from January 18th through June 10th. Please go to Film Freeway and learn how to submit your script.